Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a talk about leveling for the new player and what that's going to feel like for people in Beyond Light. If you're listening to this podcast in all the other platforms, whether it's on iTunes, maybe Spotify or Google Play, you can find these episodes. Just look for SNTR Presents. You can also go to SNTRPresents.com to join my Patreon and support me and get perks in Discord. If you'd rather watch live, the other .com is SayNoToRage.com. It'll take you to the YouTube you can click join to become a paying member or just subscribe in the bell button that helps me out so why am i talking about leveling for the new player well if you're if you're going to be analyzing the pattern of the game at this point they did new light with shadow keep and then they're doing game pass with beyond light and in both situations you are going to have an influx of new players uh and that i believe is a potential problem given the leveling as it currently is structured, both for existing player frustrations, but also for new player confusion. So we're going to open up the video by just saying, what is the problem? I'm going to walk through why I think some of that is a significant problem. But then I'm also going to want to make sure and make some argumentation about why is leveling bad? We know we've talked about this over the years. We've kind of gone round and round about it. You know, get down the trenches again. Why is leveling bad and how could they fix it more specifically why is it bad for new players and how could they fix it for new players because uh, experienced players I mean they're, they're going to tend to get around um, a lot of this on a regular basis just, just by playing so first what's the problem they actually admitted that the new light new player experience is not that great and it needs to be refined they actually said they underestimated the response they were going to get when they made new light and they went free to play in light of that i think the game pass being you know basically giving you beyond light and everything behind it free on the xbox game pass the only thing you'll have to buy is seasonal content that is going to bring a ton of players in they can literally experience Destiny 2 and the Beyond Light expansion without spending any money if they're already on Game Pass. That's a lot of folks. That's a lot of people that are going to be diving in and trying out the game. And if the new Light player experience was bad in Shadowkeep, they need to refine it for this November. And more specifically, they need to refine it for leveling. Right now, you know, the the early campaign acquisition and all that, that's going to all change because planets are leaving. So the campaign's going to feel and more than likely flow very differently for a new player, given that a bunch of planets are leaving. And there's also the annual new expansion pass effect. Like a brand new expansion every year does tend to bring players in as new, but it also brings players back who've been taking a significant break and they might as well be new with respect to their level and their time commitment in the game. They've not been playing. They don't have all this surplus of bounties and 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 currencies and they're going to try and jump in with Beyond Light. So the game pass and the new expansion both are going to have the same effect. The game actually explains nothing about leveling. There's no tutorial. There's no walkthrough. They basically take you through a series of steps that exposes you to the different types of content in the game. Strike, Nightfall, Daily, Crucible, Gambit, etc. And then obviously you can go through the campaign if you want. But it never once explains leveling to the player what should i do to increase the the level of my player also you have to consider we have two ways to level now somebody that gets really caught up in looking at this and leveling the artifact and seeing that oh it adds bonus power okay cool that's great that's on top they may think this is the primary means of leveling and completely ignore everything else also there is literally no explanation of what a powerful is we know what a powerful is 
we speak destiny lingo but if i'm a brand new player and i see this powerful gear and pinnacle gear it doesn't really explain what that means is that something that is just an awesome piece of loot is it better than a legendary is it powerful is it stronger i don't know once it drops and it's higher on its its power level you might think oh I am now at that power level, or I've achieved that level. I, somebody this morning said their friend dismantled a powerful because they didn't understand what it was. They just thought, I don't like that gun or that armor piece. I don't really care because they're not a Destiny player. They don't know to look at the number. They're like, this is trash, and then they just delete it because they don't think through how the actual gear leveling works because a lot of people might think it's tied to the actual level of the player or this number here as well. If you're not paying attention to any of these things and you don't have a friend to explain it to you, the game does literally nothing to explain the leveling process. I've not even talked about infusion and the complete lack of information there, as well as the muddled terminology. If I look at a gun and I say, okay, wow, this gun right here is, you know, 1053 and I can infuse it. Okay. How do I infuse it? Well, you need an upgrade module. So they're using, you know, conflated terms there. What's an upgrade module? Oh, you got to go buy that from the gunsmith. Now, thankfully they give you a lot of upgrade modules on the C and pass but upgrade module doesn't even seem to categorically line up with the term infusion so again that's another layer of the game that goes completely unexplained to a new player all of these things i'm outlining are giant potential problems and challenges for a new player coming in and enjoying themselves let's talk about why is leveling bad though i'm just talking about how they don't explain it okay They say nothing to the player about how it all works. Now let's talk about even if they understand it and they have a buddy or a teammate or a YouTube video to figure out how it all works, it's bad. It's unappealing. And let's talk about why. It isn't linear. It's random. You can have a terrible week and terrible drops and move your power level less than your friend. It's not fair. It, it isn't. Like, I don't want to sound like the kid that's like, that's not fair, but like, it isn't fair to the player. It it betrays what it promises. It's like, hey, come get a powerful reward from Crucible. I'm not a big fan of the PvP. I'm a more newer player, but I'll go do it for a powerful, and then it lands in the wrong slot and ends up lower. You know, if your highest, you know, item is your boots and you get another pair of boots, you're like, I don't understand. I was supposed to get a powerful. This is lower than my present power level. It's lower than the highest pair of boots that I have. It's not clear. Why am I having to do all these things? Why am I getting drops below my power level? I just got a legendary to drop from a boss and it's lower than my power level. Why is that? It's never really explained. And that that lack of clarity, lack of linear nature and fairness and the RNG aspects, I think makes the leveling horrible both for current players as well as new content loops and rpgs hook people with a sense of progress right i'm almost level six you know when you like end a play session and you can see the xp bar is almost full or you know they they flash it up on your screen you're like oh you're almost there or whatever or you, you know you're checking on it that's why they work a content loop and an rpg typically hooks a person because there's a sense of progression the leveling in destiny breaks a fundamental rule of time in equals progress out if i put in three hours tonight there's a progress amount that's going to get spit out of the game and i'm going to have a sense of satisfaction you can put in three hours on a friday night and so can your buddy and you both have dramatically different experiences 
according to the leveling RNG, he gets all the right drops, you get all the wrong drops, he's advancing, you're not, it's betraying the basic fundamental tenet of what makes RPGs and the content loop of RPGs so, so good. So, how do you fix this, right? How do you fix this? Number one, before you even get into like the all the 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 trenches of how to explain leveling to a new player, before you do that, overhaul the whole thing. All right, let us repeat powerfuls and make everything in the game drop at your level. So if you want to run strikes all day, great. Every three strikes, a powerful will drop. In between those powerful drops. Everything that drops is at your level, automatically backfilling, so time in equals progress out. You're just leveling basically no matter what you're doing. We don't need to make it slow, arduous, and and painful because the hardcore players glide over it anyway, and it's not content. So there's no reason to make it slow. Let us repeat powerfuls and have all drops backfilling. You could rename some of the things in the game as well. We don't we understand what a powerful and a pinnacle is, but a brand new player might have no clue what it is, you know? And it could be, you know, a level level up ingram or something or a power a power increasing ingram. I don't know. We might not need to rename anything, but that might help as well. Slot leveling. Let's just go to slot leveling. If I earn a 1050 heavy, all heavies should be 1050, unless of course they've been sunset, but that would also make sunsetting clearer, it would make leveling clearer, slot leveling would completely simplify the entire leveling process in the sense of progress, because right now, you hit 1050, and unless you're a really experienced player, you might have no idea why, oh wow, I've got a 1056 heavy right here, now why are all my other heavies random numbers a 960 a 963 you know what i'm saying like go to slot leveling if i earn that slot on that on that that slot it automatically changes everything to that level the game already sees it that way anyway okay so do all that okay overhaul it all simplify it make it crystal clear and clean that you can just play and level up and then you can explain it in a new user campaign or tutorial and it's a lot easier to explain If you run these particular activities, you will get, every once in a while, a powerful drop that raises your power level. In between when that's happening, all items are dropping at your level to help you fill gaps of items that may have fallen behind. Okay? And then slot leveling wouldn't need explained because you would just naturally understand, oh, I've earned 1050 on my boots. Boots are now 1050 if I put them on, unless they've been sunset. Making it slow or convoluted or painful is not benefiting the current player base, And it certainly isn't going to benefit the new player base. If the current player base doesn't like the leveling, finds it frustrating, it's a reason that people leave or don't come back. It's a reason that people cheese AFK Forge Farming because they wanted to level up faster and bypass it. It's a reason that people say bounties season to season to season. If the current player base's behavior is to mitigate or bypass leveling pain as much as possible, what do you think a new player is going to say when they encounter the system? Number one, I don't think they'll understand it because it's never explained. Number two, if they do get over the hurdle of understanding death leveling they're probably going to join in the resounding voices of those of us that don't like it and say this is awful 
So if your current player base doesn't like something, you you can't hope that the new player base will like it. That's that's foolhardy. So I think these are ways that they need to change leveling. I think there's a really, really good reason with new player acquisition probably being a pretty important thing come November. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you want to support this podcast directly, sntrpresents.com to join as a patron, or you can go to my YouTube at saynotorage.com and click join there. The tiers are identical and it's a direct way to support me. Stick around for Q&A if you're here live. If you're not and watching or listening elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about leveling for the new player. If you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms that this hits, maybe Spotify or iTunes or Google Play, you can always look up SNTR Presents on those platforms. You can also go to SNTRPresents.com if you want to support me directly on my Patreon. Or if you want to watch live, go to YouTube or say no to rage.com. We'll take you to the YouTube. You can click join on the YouTube and the tiers of support on the join button are the same on YouTube as Patreon. So uh, that's also how you submit questions or take part in VIP call-ins. First question from N.A. Painter. Yo, man, hope you're well. I think one of Bungie's best ideas was the system for Season of the Drifter in which you could boost power largely in a short time. Thoughts? Well, it was a Band-Aid, you know, so I'm not, I, uh, I always want to say thank you when they do something like that, like, thank you for making this change, you know, surge bounties, this is helpful, but I never want to pat them on the back and be like, this is a great idea or a great system, or as you're saying, best ideas. I, I, I don't agree with your premise at all. I don't think it was one of their best ideas. It was reactionary because of how mismanaged leveling was and how the structure of the content wasn't set up in a good way so people fell behind they would jump into the new season and be like i can't do anything you know i took a couple weeks off near the end or you know i I played for the first month and then kind of took a break you know none of those players uh could get there and when they ran the numbers and you looked at the number of players that were not max level at the end of a season it became a necessity so it's you know i I'm not going to call it one of their best ideas. It was totally reactionary. It was a, it was a band-aid for an existing problem, one that they created, and I'm glad it's gone because it it, it, it right now it's it's not necessarily needed um, because they did make leveling better. Leveling being better doesn't mean it's fixed. And and here's there's two ways we have to talk about this. There's the leveling experience for existing players season to season being unenjoyable and not very ideal, okay? Then you have to look at it from the lens of a new player, and it just gets worse. If experienced players that understand Destiny go season to season and have consistently said they don't like the leveling, they don't like how it's RNG-based, how they have to go into sides of the game they're not interested in, how the primary means of leveling when new content comes out is to go run old content. These are all criticisms that the community is making. I believe all those criticisms, frustrations, and irritations, I believe they get worse for a new player. Number one, it's worse for a new player because they might not even understand it. Even if they have some semblance of an understanding, they don't have necessarily the experience, the currency depth to token slam. If you know, maybe they understand what a plus zero is and they're going to go token slam. Well, they don't have the currency depth that we have. They don't have the experience. They don't have the, the broad reach understanding about the game and how to maximize their leveling. So even if they do somehow get 
an understanding of exactly how it works and how to maximize leveling they might be bad at it because they, they do things out of order or, or they don't they don't have the currency they're not equipped to token slam or whatever so the 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 entire the entire setup of of leveling needs to continue to shed the skin of what they tried to do when forsaken rolled around they just need to get they shed that right i'm i'm reading through our kids love adventure books and fantasy books and we read through green ember and now we're reading through it's our second time through the chronicles of narnia and when eustace gets turned into a dragon and he has to shed his skin and he has to do it like multiple times and eventually aslan has to do it for him right that's what this looks like to me it's like they just they keep trying to shed this skin of bad leveling and they're not quite there yet and the only way they will get there is to truly take the whole thing off and say quit it with this idea that leveling will be randomly based and require players to go into content they don't want to go into you have to remove that you have to remove that from the core elements of leveling it, it, it corrupts it corrupts the entire experience RNG has a place in this game it doesn't belong in leveling it doesn't incentivizing players to go into crucible or gambit or strikes that has a place in this game it shouldn't be attached to leveling you've got to remove the whole thing right you got to remove the whole thing and if you don't, I think you're going to continue. You're going to continue to to run in this problem, as Teddy's saying. You want me to play an activity? Put cool stuff in there. Exactly right. This is why I always say there's an enormous difference between incentivizing behavior and restricting. Or in some cases, this is like almost like a passive coercion of behavior. You want to level? You got to go over there. I don't want to. Yeah, well, sorry. You know, sorry. And so, if 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 you want people to go into Crucible and Gambit and Vanguard strikes, that's fine. A- a- as a principle, yeah, you should want people to go into all the various parts of the game that you've designed. Come up with a better reason for me to do it. RNG, R- random drops, right? Random rolls on weapons. Randomness has a place in a game like Destiny. It doesn't belong in leveling because it corrupts the sense of progression. One of the reasons that virtually every game you play now has a season pass is because it gives you a sense of progression. Think about what happens when you're playing Fall Guys. We'll take Fall Guys as an example. Super fun game, awesome. 20 bucks on Steam. It's free on PlayStation Plus owners. Every time you end a game, you get the currency that moves that season pass along. And every time you get a little bit closer to the next one, you're like, ooh, I'm going to get a new thing. I'm going to get a new shader. I'm going to get a new ornament for my character, whatever. Seeing that progress makes something that becomes repetitious and static, it suddenly is serving a greater purpose. Just one more game. Exactly, Telorn. Just one more game and I'll get that thing. I'll get that shader. They did this in Call of Duty, right? With prestiging. That was one of the earliest ideas of how to give people a sense of a grander sense of progress instead of, well, I played nine games of Call of Duty last night. I I don't know. It just, it's all starting to bleed together. It just kind of feels kind of like mundane and static and one game doesn't feel any different than the last. You give people a larger sense of progression and now all those little games 
add up into something bigger and they're like one more game one more game Ooh, tomorrow play a couple games i'll get xyz you know be able to reset get this cool emblem and 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 season passes are essentially I think they're the true evolution of prestiging in Call of Duty. Prestiging in Call of Duty brought the idea in that if people are going to play a multiplayer game all day long, you can give them a sense of progression and, and they can represent it with this, this, this emblem. And we've come full circle. Season passes are the same idea. You're just going to kind of keep playing and keep getting that progress. So, that is one of the reasons why I think the season pass is somewhat insulating and protecting Bungie from people getting really, really critical about leveling because leveling isn't super important to casual players unless they're trying to go into the new content or trying to go up into the harder content. And if they do care about that, they probably have some semblance of an understanding of leveling, so it's not going to be this giant barrier for them, right? So if I'm going to come back to the game and and, and try to... um, you know, in, in trying to level and get into content, there's all these barriers in my way. There is, uh, you know, there's the RNG, there's the limited sources. I can only go into so many places and level. Some of those limited sources are in places and sides of the game that I have zero desire to go into. So, this is one of the reasons that I made this video because new players lack three things. They lack the information in order to understand it. They lack the currency to optimize and engage with it in the best way possible. And they lack like the tools necessary to go into all the various parts of the game and have a bigger understanding of like what exactly they're doing. So they, they don't have any of that stuff that we have. We've got all the currency. We have all the experience. We get it. It makes sense to us. So... You've, you've got to attack this before Beyond Light because it it's it's one of the times of the year where they're going to have another big influx of players and as it stands, leveling is going to be one of the biggest barriers. Now the campaign and the entrance and what people experience when they first play the game, that needs refined as well. So, yeah, we watched the Solstice trailer. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Interesting that it's stopping on September the 8th, though. I, I wonder if they're going to extend that. It might be an old trailer uh, like that was already made. Doge. Do you think the confusion of the leveling system is due to Bungie not making it clear to new players what a soft, hard, and pinnacle cap is? Uh, what gives power to reach those caps and where it starts and ends? Well, this is, yes, this is definitely one of the things that is just not explained in the game. If you're a brand new player, you've never played Destiny before, ever, and you see powerful gear and pinnacle gear, you don't know what that means. That, that That's not even a terminology in your loadout. Go to your loadout. Where is their powerful and pinnacle gear? Where is it? You see legendary gear. If you get blues, you, you, can, you can see that they're, they're common, right? You, you can see that, you know, uh, uh, well, the, uh, greens don't land in the game anymore. Blues are, I'm sorry, rare. Blues are rare. So it's like, what's a powerful and a pinnacle piece of gear? You don't know. The game doesn't tell you. It doesn't tell you what that means. Is that another tier of of, of armor or gun? Is it going to be stronger? Is its stats going to be better? I don't know. It's never explained. They don't even explain what the caps are. That's nowhere on your screen. 
the artifact is 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 in your power total and that's not necessarily explained either it's like 15 bonus bonus power grows as you gain xp and is applied to all guardians on your account it resets with the new seasonal artifact your power score is an aggregate of the power value across all your currently equipped gear a higher power score improves both your damage output and your defense (laughs) that's kind of true and kind of not um so it's like if I read that that doesn't necessarily translate to anything else in the game okay how do I raise my power now you might think oh that's what powerful gear and pinnacle gear is you might not because it doesn't say a, a powered up reward or a power increase reward or a power a power bump or anything like that. it says powerful so if I read this and think oh that's my power I might put two and two together but I might not it just isn't explained so at, at its core, the differences in rewards are not explained. The, the the way to level is not explained. Infusion's called infusion, but in order to infuse, you need an upgrade module. What am I upgrading? Is the gun upgrading? No, you're not upgrading anything. You're literally just raising the power level. The only time they make it clear when the cap increases in the patch is when you start at the start of the season. I mean, I suppose that's true. I'm just thinking brand new player that doesn't even have a season. They just have Game Pass and they're just jumping in. You know, there's got to be an acclimation process that explains all this to them. Rain the Dark. With leveling being restrictive to experimentation, uh, why do you think Bungie hasn't changed the way we level to be more accessible? It just seems really obvious when New Light came out. Well, I want to be fair here. They did make leveling way better. This is the best we've had, and it's still not very good, but it's the best we've had. If you compare the leveling experience after Shadowkeep to the leveling experience after Forsaken, it's a night and day difference. It's a night and day difference. Now, keep in mind, what I'm saying only applies to existing experienced players. If you understand leveling, and you understand the pains of leveling post-Forsaken, you probably were pretty satisfied with the leveling after Shadowkeep. You're like, man, this is a lot better. Whew, it was rough after Forsaken. You could get landlocked for a really, really long time, and the soft cap really kept you stuck. I mean, you could spend weeks and barely move the number if you get some bad drops. Now, soft cap, you know, plus zero vendors, you can really backfill and, and fix a lot of the, you know, the the flat tire moments that you might have had post forsaken so i want to give credit where credit is due but i've always used this analogy if the speed limit on the highway is 70 and your grandma is doing 35 and you're like speed up grandma and she speeds up to 55 she has technically made the car go faster but it's not fast enough 55 into 70 is still really slow so they went from 35 to 55 yes they have sped up and improved leveling, uh-huh, but not enough. It, they haven't gone far enough. They got, they still got ways to go. You gotta remove some of these rough edges. You, you cannot, right? You, you, you cannot expect a new player to really grasp this system. Keep in mind, keep in mind, the system is so spaghetti code patchwork. Infusion, what's that? That's a stayover. No, we don't need enhancement cores anymore. Well, you kind of do. You got to buy upgrade modules. What's an upgrade module? It's literally just something that is sold at a vendor. Why? I don't know. It's all patchwork. It's all. It feels all slapped together, and it makes sense to us because we've been here the whole time. 
But if you haven't been here the whole time, you're like, I don't understand half of these terms. Nothing seems connected. Why do I have to go to the gunsmith? You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's all, it's, it's all over the place. They, and here's one of the reasons I don't think, I don't think Bungie is dead set on leveling as it exists and infusion as it exists because they didn't put any tutorials in the game about it. I feel like if they were really, really dead set on keeping infusion and leveling as it is, by now they would have put some type of a, of a tutorial in the game. I think they've continued to t- sort of experiment with it and tweak it and, and refine it. And I would hope that in year four, it gets a pretty nice overhaul. And then they slap a tutorial in about like, okay, here's how leveling works now. Darksider. Uh, light level feels more like a gear score level. Uh, gear score than level what a combined system of character level plus light level where character level towards enemies determines difficulty of content based on light level player would then gain bonus levels be better this is one of those times where I think it would be a mistake for them to completely reinvent the system I think the system just needs changes to it and they're done they've already raised the soft cap and they've and they've and they've made it a little bit cheaper for you to infuse than it used to be get rid of infusion and go to slot leveling just that that solves a huge problem one swing whoop you don't need to infuse the game was already t- seeing your the game was already looking at your arms and it was already saying highest equipable right it was already doing that highest equipable on this slot is 1054 the game views that slot as 1054 when it drops loot for me so it's already in the background so go go to slot leveling immediately right it simplifies so much second you you just make milestones repeatable so they're not limited per week there's no reason to limit people per week especially if they only have one character and everything drops at your level Everything drops at your level. So my hunter's max level is 1056. Everything should be dropping at 1056. I've earned 1056, and if I'm running content and stuff's dropping, it should just be 1056. I just solved leveling. It's per- it's perfect. That's perfect. That's all you need. Slot leveling's already in the game, so make it imp- implement it, make it visible, and let me repeat milestones, and everything drops at my level because I've earned it. You say you want to go to slot lane, but if they do that, infusion would be 100% pointless. It would make the gunsmith even more pointless. Well, that has to be one of the biggest overstatements I've ever seen made about this particular topic. Let's go look at the gunsmith. So you think the gunsmith's sole purpose is to sell upgrade modules. That's If you take that away, he's pointless. I, 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 don't, I don't see how. He has so many other things that he does. Keep in mind... The upgrade modules were literally added to him when they came up with upgrade modules. That's actually a new thing for him. He sells mods. He sells guns. He has bounties. He sells currency for masterwork. That's a huge overstatement. If you suddenly took upgrade modules out of the game, it doesn't hurt anything. It's a brand new currency. Like, just look at his menu. Look at his menu. Weeklies, dailies, repeatables. You got the you got the gun. You got the uh, master working currency, prisms and shards, and then he's got uh, mods he sells. Da- I guess daily mods or whatever. You take these away, 
these don't even really belong here keep in mind like what they, they just slapped them in here and the things you use to buy these enhancement core legendary shards burying bow a lot of that stuff's already attached to the master working and the masterwork materials so you don't invalidate anything you didn't solve it you made it trivial if you're talking about leveling leveling already is trivial homie if you play this game a lot most people hit max level in a week or two that is trivial dude a three a three month season and you're at max level in a week that's the definition of trivial <laughs> that's the definition of trivial it has no it's it's not content has no enduring value point and you have to go into old content or content you don't want to go into to do it and and you bypass a lot of it by token slamming plus zero vendors that's not trivial standing at Zavala and slamming Vanguard tokens that is how is that not trivial <laughs> trivial I didn't hurt you too bad Exlandral you can get me back in fall guys Mr. Han Brolo I recently took a new player through the game who knows nothing about it some feedback was that Destiny doesn't explain anything about the systems there's no clear guidance on how to begin your journey or where to go for storytelling yeah, this is a more uh, all-encompassing criticism. So part of this is um, I'm going to give this giant subheading lack of information, and then there's bullet points underneath of it. There's lack of information about leveling, story, lore, infusion, questing. Like, they just don't explain any of it to you. All they really do is they give you, like, a sampling of the core activities. Strike, Nightfall, you know, they, they walk you through that. Um... I, in 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 essence, in essence, the 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 game just doesn't give you that information, and there's a reason for that. The, the when they built Destiny two, and we all played through the campaign and went through that process, it walked you through all of that. It walked you through all of that. Do you remember? My gosh, Destiny two vanilla was so different. Do you remember mods on weapons and armor plus five? Do you? You, you're OG if you remember plus five mods <laughs> to truly max out a piece of gear you had to put a plus five mod on it it was the weirdest most oddest situation you couldn't even buy them right away you had to wait and hit a certain level before you could buy them from the gunsmith it was weird but but the game walked you through that process, okay? Now, the game can't walk you through that process because that version of the game doesn't exist anymore. It, you know what I'm saying? It's like when you get a new job and you're going through training and they're like, yeah, uh, just ignore that. We don't do that anymore. That system's gone. You're like, oh, and you sit through and watch this tutorial on some piece of software that doesn't exist anymore, right? You've, you've been there. You go to get through some tutorial or some orientation at a new at a new job and they're having you listen to stuff that's irrelevant because it's outdated. It's five years old. They're like, yeah, we don't even use that pricing system anymore. And you're like, oh, this is all worthless. That's what it would be like in Destiny 2 right now if they took you through any of that early player acquisition and teaching. None of those systems even exist anymore. So that's part of the problem is the game has completely reshaped itself in response to the existing player. So a new player comes in and is like, what's going on? How's all this work? And it's like, well, um, let's see, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> it's like, try and explain 
try and explain leveling to somebody try to explain what a plus zero is or why why you need eight points try to explain that to a new player they're like say what uh what now huh what it's it's not easy (laughs) it's easier to explain a raid to somebody than to explain the leveling in this game so they're gonna have to one of the reasons i think they need to refine it isn't just for player experience but just make it more understandable it's like more accessible if you want this game for the next three years to be super accessible and you want it to be part of game pass and you want to get new people in here man oh man you got to streamline those entrance points dude because they don't make any sense to players outside the threat outside the fold it was so bad i forgot now you made me remember it thanks lono i'm sorry Everyone remember keeping the same guns from Manila, but just keep making different elements of the same weapon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. It was such a weird game, dude. Such a weird game. So they're going to have to. This is why New Light was was good, but also disastrous for new players, because they come in, they're like, none of this makes any sense. They're not explaining anything. (laughs) Behemoth with the next question. Do you think Destiny should create a leveling tree in the quest menu to help new players level up to the basic power so they can access the new content easy? Well, this would this is a specific uh, question, and these are okay. We we do Q and A a little bit differently now, and I would be okay if basically you created something over here that was like flashing, or maybe give it priority up here, and so it's right here, and it's just a bunch of steps. It's just a bunch of steps that they go through that sort of just automatically levels them up. If that if that makes sense. Wait, why is this flashing? I don't understand. Why is my is that a glitch? Yeah, it's got to be a glitch. Um you remember the surge bounties? You could basically set up a quest that essentially does that. Again, that quest doesn't mean anything if they get through it and they join us in the in the imagine that a large portion of the community right now we're on the the side of the field and we're cheering for leveling to change we're like leveling stinks you know we're we're we're, we're picketing outside the offices we want better leveling when we want it you know uh, last season and we're we're chanting right it you're not going to gain much by taking somebody through an education process that ends up with them just joining our team of like, yeah, this leveling is kind of dumb, right? You want to refine it, make it better, and then do this idea of like, okay, here's a quest that's going to walk you through leveling, how it works, the drops you're going to get are going to level you up, it's going to make the system make sense for you. Have you ever done that? The best games are the games where you're going through a tutorial and you you can't really tell. <laughs> You can't really tell that you're going through a tutorial, but you come out on the other end of it and you're like, oh, that was, that was nice. Now, contrast that to when like a mobile game takes you through a tutorial. It's like, click this, okay, click this, okay, make this, oh, okay, click this, click, and you're like, and you get to the point where you're irritated. They're like, click the plus symbol, hi! And you're like, all right, well, this, this is great. You click the plus symbol, build a bench. Like, I don't want to build a bench, but okay, boom, build a bench. Now that you build a bench, sit on the bench. 
Okay, sit on the bench. Now that you're sitting on the bench, think about your life. What the frick? Like, it just, eh, 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 eh. you're just going through this process. It's so mechanical. It's an, it becomes a nuisance and it's annoying. And you get on the other end of it and you don't have any deeper understanding of the game or its systems. You're just like, well, that forced me to click on 18 different things, and now I'm done. It's like when a game's like, do you, it's like when a website, do you want to know about our new features? No, I don't. If you, if you make the dreaded mistake of being like, yes, take me through a tour of your new features, that's what it does. You can go here to change this about your bank statements. You can go here to do a withdrawal. And you're like, fine, click, 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 get out of here, you know? You just want to get the little green check mark so it's go so it goes away. So if they did that in Destiny, you would want it to be in a way where they get an understanding of the system, not just like a checkbox mobile game where you make them click eight screens and then they're done and don't really understand what they've done. So MG Avenger. I love the original leveling system of leveling through the story to max XP level and then your mid to end game grind was dedicated to gear leveling. Do you think that is a system that could come back for yearly content drops? Well, this is one of those times where my or your opinion on that particular system I think at this point is somewhat irrelevant, right? If if you... If you could make the best argument in the world that that system's better or were more preferable, I just think we're too far along to suddenly go back and completely reinvent the leveling system or to go back to a system to, you know, to D1 or whatever. It's 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 that's that's why I always I always have that 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 motto, don't jettison the system refine it and so I'm like man oh man even if you could make a great argument that that was a better leveling system because I think you probably could leveling through the campaign and then you can go do all the other mid to end game stuff because you're just you're ready for it now it's just time to gear level you could probably make a great argument as to why that's a good system right but why why do that the the, the existing system needs a a couple of knobs turned and it's so much better they only need to turn a couple of knobs. Slot leveling's already in the background. Turn that on. Boom. Click, check that box. Second box. Everything drops at your level. Done. I just fixed leveling. You don't even have to make milestones repeatable. I, I'll give you that one. Yeah, I don't even need that one. I don't even need it. You can keep that one. I want it. I want to be able to run milestones over and over and over again. And every three strikes, get a powerful. But fine. Whatever. I don't even need that one. That's fine. That's fine. Keep it give me slot leveling and everything drops at my level done you I just fixed leveling with two changes and slot leveling's already in the game so if if you do that that coincides with everything else in the game that they're trying to sort of soften for soft core hardcore players you know the players that don't play so hardcore is the XP leveling on the artifact you just kind of level automatically you know, this would be a very similar thing. Just play the game. You're going to level up. Just run your milestones. You're going to level up. Leviathan with the next question. I believe that rather than trying to focus on leveling for new players, they should follow a structured route to experience what's to offer. Uh, Through doing this, they naturally level so they can jump straight in. What are your thoughts on this? This is really in line with what I was saying just a little bit ago about making it like if, if it's a tutorial, but you can't tell it's a tutorial. Um, 
this is one of the things I think they could do. Now, your idea, I don't think, again, I don't think it works if they don't make leveling better. If they make leveling better, and then they do what you're saying. It's just a structured route. They have to go through it. They play all the different things, and they see, oh, this drop is powerful, and it's stronger. It's raised my power. Now all my other drops are dropping at my current power. So I have to raise my power and then and then essentially backfill. The game would just sort of take you through that process and you'd be like, oh, this makes sense. I set my sights on a powerful reward and after I get it, everything starts dropping at a higher level. I bumped my level with a powerful. That's I think I think that would just make sense to people. Set your sights on a powerful, and once you bump it, everything else gets drops, you know, accordingly. You know what I mean? games leveling is already easy it'll make it incoherent i don't really think you could say the leveling in this is easy or hard i think it's confusing and it also is not fair the difference between one player to the next their leveling progress is not determined by how much time they play but determined how good their rng is just look at the pinnacle grind for a really extreme version of it boards with the next question with the DCV being implemented, how can Bungie help curious new light players get up to speed in game instead of watching Myelin Games or Bife? Right. I mean, you never want to say "Welcome to Destiny." Go watch this YouTuber. Um, I don't think that's the right. That's not the right course. You know, um, I would say they could do a simple trailer, embed the video in the game, and a new player gets this sort of the story so far and you do a you know a couple minute super cut of everything that's happened you know that I think would be the best course of action I actually think that'd be really exciting both for us and them like we could watch and be like yo I forgot about that oh my gosh it's all tied together oh man with the stranger coming back dude it's tied it's tied to uh, it's you know it's tied to D1 um I actually think I actually think that is a uh, that'd be a great way of doing it. I don't think you want to make people read. I don't think you want to make people do anything off site. And I also don't think you can just not say anything. Like what happened? What happened? What's that ball in the sky? What's going on? Who is this woman coming back? Who's a robot? She's an exo. What what is happening? Who's this person whose eyes are bleeding? And this other guy who's calling me hotshot? What is all this? You know, you just do a video, you know, the destiny story so far. And you go, you've been dead for a long time. They'd be like, oh, that just happened to me. I just got resurrected. And then guardians, you know, guardians have been protecting the city for years. And we, you know, we, we shut down Atheon in the vaults of glass and, and killed a God's son and then had to face him in combat. And we stopped a viral infection called Siva. And then the traveler was going to get enslaved by Gaul and we stopped Gaul, right? You just go through all those steps and you're like, and now it's time for you to join the fight, guardian eyes up just ship that like that would feel really cool but like oh wow i'm a part of an ongoing single evolving world like what i'm doing is attached to a story that's been going on before i got here that's what i that's how i would do it if i was in charge i would do a video that that walks through all of that 
And that'd be that'd be a great way, I think, to even sell the content. You slap that on YouTube and Twitter and tell people like, you know, this is what's happened in Destiny so far, and it's time for you to join the fight, Guardian. You know, I th- I think people would be uh, inclined to test the game out or try the game out. Especially, come on, they're throwing it on Game Pass. You know, they're throwing it on Game Pass. Plunder Yar Booty. AFK Forges showed Bungie how much current leveling is disliked. Maybe. I agree with you, but I don't know if that's our best argument. Uh, RNG leveling for Pinnacles appears rigged. It's possible that loot propensity is more of the issue here than it being quote-unquote rigged. I think everybody has a loot seed, and that's why you have loot propensity. You tend to get certain items more than others. You could probably do a graph and track it and prove it. That's why you always end up with one or two items that are way higher than the rest. That happens because of loot propensity. Do you think Bungie would consider slot leveling because of the streamlined process, even though it would cut down on the playtime to level? Well, a slot leveling doesn't actually uh, change leveling speed. Um, right now, slot leveling is in the game, and it doesn't speed up leveling at all. It just determines what drops. Um... All slot leveling would remove is the need to mindlessly get currency to infuse weapons up to where you'd like them if you want to experiment or try different armor pieces without dropping your freaking, you know, uh, you know, power level down. There's nothing worse than going into a day one raid or a day one dungeon and you're like, I don't know what to infuse. We might need a sniper. We might need a rocket. I don't know. And you get in there and you're like, uh, what should I infuse? I don't know. There's nothing worse than that. I earned this level. I should just be at that level. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you earn this level, but uh, you want to use that that sniper or that scout. It'll really help in this encounter. Yeah, they're weak. Even though you leveled up, your guns didn't level up. So come on. Um, so I, slot leveling is one piece of the puzzle here. Slot leveling would not increase leveling. I want to be clear about what these two things I ask for actually do. Slot leveling makes it to where you don't have to infuse. You earned 1050 on your heavy. All heavies are 1050 unless they've been sunset. You earned 1050 on your helmet, so any helmet you put on is 1050, right? That I that's that's the best way that's the best way to do it. Now, slot leveling doesn't mean I level up any faster because leveling is still determined by powerful drop RNG. And that's why I said, you know, let us repeat powerfuls and then have everything drop at our level to backfill. And then that solves the problem. How'd you how would you level the slots? It would still be from gear dropping. Right? It would be from gear dropping. Hey, you ran a powerful and you got 1050 heavy. Now that slot's 1050. It just, when it drops, it upgrades the slot. It already does that. (laughs) When you're leveling and the game is dropping you gear, it sees every slot as highest equipable. The game is already treating you as if slot leveling were a thing. It's already in the game. It's just hidden behind the curtain of the code. Like you can't see it. But that's what it is. That's how it works. It literally is set up in that way. 
Necro Gen. For me, the reason why we level is to feel powerful. Leveling is easy and Bungie can direct new players better, but what about the end? How do you feel about scaling? Doesn't it undermine leveling? I actually thought Necro was making really, really good points in the Discord, points that I make all the time, that it doesn't ever make any sense that the crescendo of me getting into the endgame of Destiny is to scale me back and make me feel weak. I am supposed to feel strong and awesome, and you scale, as he was saying it, you scale me back. That's how you make things hard, right? I loved him. I love seeing those points being made because I've said that all the time. I'm like, how is this the crescendo of my leveling journey? Welcome to the end game. You spent all this time leveling, coming to the hard content, you know, coming to the coming to the end game, and you're weak. What? What have I always said? What have I always said about Grandmaster Nightfalls? The motto of a Grandmaster Nightfall or endgame challenging content should be these enemies are really, really strong but so am I. Instead of these enemies are really, really strong better face tank or hide because I'm weak. I'm a piece of tissue paper. Yeah, Yeah, I get too tapped by an acolyte, Mr. Godkiller. Right. Oh, you went into the Ascendant Realm on the Dreadnought, one of the most deadliest weapons in existence, one of the most powerful beings in existence, and you went into the Ascendant Realm and killed that god? Welcome to the endgame. You're going to get slapped by an Acolyte. That's why I don't think we should put Contest Modifier into more things, TBH. Well, no. Hang on a minute. Contest Modifier is a lot more moderate. It doesn't make me feel weak. It makes them feel strong. I think there's a tipping point, Wheezy. I think there's a tipping point. I think Contest Modifier makes the enemies feel strong. You go beyond it and you go to a stronger... And you you take Contest Modifier into Nightfall Grandmasters with all the negative modifiers and it's not just the enemies feel strong. It's that I feel like absolute trash. Right? So, that is why I think the fundamental difference in the endgame should be, hey, you're really strong, come take on these really strong enemies. And you do and you do it bet- but through layering the combat, more champions, more mechanics, more things that I have to do and mitigate and handle instead of, yeah, everything's strong and there's 12 negative modifiers. Have fun with that. Isn't relying on drops to level the slot still the same problem? You're using RNG to level shouldn't the slots be based on XP instead no Vortanimo what would happen is if you if everything dropped at your level even if you had bad RNG you'd still always be leveling because you'd always be backfilling even if you got a bad drop it would just you would just naturally level even when you got bad drops the point of Grandmaster Nightfall is to make hardcore players play like blueberries again well, if that's your end game philosophy, then that doesn't sound very inviting. <laughs> Do you see? You know, it's like, hey, you've you've really you have uh you have really earned your stripes. You really have. Um we're going to take them away. <laughs> like you're a blueberry again. I I just I don't know. Um Every negative modifier should have a condition for a positive. Example, grounded would make you a tissue in the air, but your regen is doubled on the ground. Right, you see, exactly. They're really strong, but so am I. If I build in a particular way, you know, I'm going to be really, really strong. I'm new. People got mad at me for not understanding the overload stuff last night. 
Well, I mean, yeah, that's one of the reasons we talked the other day about, uh, it might have been, I think it was Avenger, who was disagreeing with me and saying champions should only be in endgame. We shouldn't be putting champions in uh, public space content like Contact, and we should not be putting champions uh, in strikes and stuff. I was saying they should be everywhere, and then empower the players to have more uh, champion mods so more people would engage with it. And he was saying, and I actually said, his, his argument was cleaner than mine. His was more contextually clean because it's like you don't run into these champions until you go up into, you know, experienced content. I disagreed with his position, but I conceded that his was more contextually clean. It just makes sense. It's like this is the public space, you know, they should only be in like the step up content because it's basically a harder version of, of, of enemies. It's a heroic version of an enemy, right? As Milky's saying, put them in heroic versions of stuff. That might be a great way. Don't ever put anything in the public space again. Everything should be match made if it's seasonal. And if you have a normal and heroic version, the champions show up in heroic. And by the time you get up in there, well, goodness gracious, you should have some sort of an understanding of what in the frick these modifiers and champions are, you know? The result there would be, again, it's contextually clean. Entry-level content, just come have fun. You're brand new, you got no idea what in the frick's going on, that's fine. Come in here and shoot bad guys. You want to go play the harder version? Slow down, buckaroo. We got all these modifiers on, and these champions are going to start showing up. Well, by the time you get there, unless you're completely clueless, you should have some sense of like, oh, I need to do to engage with this. And then the net benefit for everybody there is hardcore players get a, get a difficulty spectrum and probably better rewards and content that's not so easy. And new players don't feel like they have to learn 18 different things to engage in combat. Or you run into them by accident and contact public event. Right. I think you can make arguments for both. I just think it's a lot cleaner and clearer if they're only showing up in content that is quote-unquote heroic or harder. I just think that's nice and clean. It's sensible, you know? Agent Atwood. I'm thinking about creating two new characters, but I don't know if I should wait until after New Light. I think you mean Beyond Light uh, because of all the content uh, to be done. What should I and players with similar problems do? Well, I mean, you have to figure out what's important to you. There's two different players I have in mind here. There's people that would say, I want to get as much as I can out of this content before it goes away. I want to play the adventures. I want to see the planets. I want to hear the storylines. You know, this all this stuff's going away. Somebody else might be like, eh, I've already experienced all that. I'm just going to wait. They're probably going to do another bump. They're probably going to do another, you know, bump to all your, all your gear, all your characters. So you can make a new character in Beyond Light in November and it'd be, bam, they'd be right at the, you know, right at the new level. And, uh, you know, whatever new systems or leveling or guns or armor or whatever, you know what I mean? He was roasting somebody in chat, not me. Well, you were, you misbehaved a lot yesterday in Fall Guys, Xlandrel. So I, you did deserve some punishment, but I, I decided to go easy on you since you weren't here. (laughs) Uh, so Agent Atwood, I mean, it really does. It really does come down to what do you want to get out of these new characters? And then you know, then make your decision according to your priorities. I personally right now would have no interest in starting a new character. I would wait. That's me though. I want to experience it again, but time is a factor. So maybe do one. 
character and and get everything you can out of that character and then save the other one for beyond light you know split it down the middle experience it now and then experience it then and then you could even be somebody in the community that could say hey i experienced both sides of it it's much better worse not as good or whatever whenever they make their changes a bit of support how could they change leveling to be more beneficial to players with only one character doing the same thing three times one per character feels empty when i could just do what i enjoy so this is going to touch down on something i said about bounties i believe bounties should be account wide uh and not character wide and what um and what i mean by that is if i only have one character I should be able to do six weeklies instead of two. Because if you have three characters, you can do six weeklies. You know? And I would apply the same principle here to milestones. If they want to leave milestones limited to weekly, you should be able to do three per week. Now, this helps players, by the way, that have three characters. Maybe you don't feel like playing on your Titan. You just want to run Hunter and Warlock for the week. Maybe you don't want to touch either of your other characters. You got this new build on your Hunter, and you're like, I'm just going to play my Hunter all week long. So you run three different strike milestones with your Hunter. You run, what is that? What, nine strikes on your Hunter? Just because you feel like it. People with three characters, people with one character, who cares? It's account-wide. You get... X number of weeklies, X number of, you know, uh, X number of dailies, and X number of milestones. However you want to cash those in is up to you. All on one character, split them between two. Oh, you're a solo, you only have one character? Yeah, no problem. You get as many as everybody else. You get as many as everybody else. Maybe you want to focus on leveling one character that first week, right? And that's all you're going to do. And then, after you're done with that, maybe the next week you move to somebody else. Will that apply to Pinnacles too? Yeah. Why not? I, You know what I'm saying? It should be account-wide. I just think it makes sense. Especially at the levels of bounties. Especially with bounties. You could make. I think you could make a perfect argument that they should do that with bounties. Uh, milestones and Pinnacles, maybe somebody might have pushback. But I think bounties, at the very least, should be account-wide. Biggest D2 question, why is Bungie's philosophy on leveling the way that it is? They're still trying to fix the game. Xlandro says, thanks for not roasting me instead of roasting the scrub in your YouTube chat. Is she... Are you even in? Can you even hear me? I don't even know if they can hear me. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I would, I would do this with milestones. I would do this with everything. I would do this with all of it. Oh, you're in now? Yeah. I said earlier you weren't in. I said that you were you misbehaved a lot yesterday in Fall Guys and that I should have roasted you up as an act of revenge, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, Onalu says, You mentioned slot leveling. I understand how you envision that working with weapons. What about class-specific armor? What would you make that account-wide? It would be per character. <clears throat> It would be per character. Slot leveling would be per character. You'd still have to take care of your other three characters, but obviously it would speed it up, you know. Um, well, no, it wouldn't speed it up. It's already working that way. You can cro- You can take the weapons over. You know what I mean? I didn't even get you eliminated yesterday. I was just messing around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You like messing around? We'll see. We'll see what happens today, then. I'm going to try and get first place today. 
Uh, slot leveling is already in the game. <clears throat> it's already in the game. We would not change how it works. You would hand your weapons to your next character, and then it would raise their weapon slots, which would subsequently raise their level, and then they would start getting drops to fill gaps on their armor. What would speed up leveling is my contention that we should everything that drops should drop at our level. That would speed up leveling. Slot leveling isn't going to change anything because it's already in the game. Fet44. On top of the leveling changes you mentioned in the talk, should Bungie also start new players at the previous season's soft cap so less grinding they have to get to catch back up? I mean, yes, I think everybody should just start a season if they make a new character at whatever previous cap was. You know what I mean? It just... That's how it should work. You can't play tonight. You have a date. Oh, well... Priorities. Whatever. No, enjoy yourself. <laughs> uh, have a good time. Yeah, the, you know, if if I'm gonna make a new character in the new season, just yeah, put them at the put them at the new or, or the old or whatever. Now, in Beyond Light, more than likely they're gonna do this. They're just gonna raise everything again. Remember when they did the 750 thing? That's what I would. That's what I would do. I would just raise everybody. To, they're probably gonna do that again in Beyond Light. They're gonna raise everybody to a certain cap, and then every season, if you make a new character, probably should just do that as well. Can you imagine right now booting up this game, making a new character, and they're 750, and the cap is 1,050? You're like, wait, what? Even if, you're, even if your perception of leveling is decent, that seems really crazy. You know what I mean? That seems crazy. Kitson says, uh, I'm sorry, no, that's Kiltson, maybe? Kiltson? Uh, my bud made a new light account and his biggest takeaway was that there was so much to do but no idea what, why, or when. It's obvious new players were an afterthought. Well, alright. Afterthought sounds really harsh. I think what Bungie wanted to do is they wanted to have a strong launch on Steam, get a ton of people in, this is a new era, we're no longer under Activision, send a loud and clear message, you get a free, you know, Destiny's becoming a free-to-play game, Right? Now, people are like, well, it's not free to play. I still have to buy DLC. I mean, it, it's a free to play game. I, I usually I started saying free entry point because it was like people were giving me grief on YouTube, but I'm like, it's a free to play game. You can play literally the entire campaign. You can play the Crucible. You can play all the strikes. You can, it's, it's, you can play all this stuff. It's free to play. Now, if you want to buy the expansions and the DLC, yeah, that costs money. Like, that's, that may, that, it's still free to play. Um, just because you have to spend money on DLCs doesn't mean it's not free to play. But anyways, that's what I think they wanted to do. They were just like, let's get in here, right? Let's just get in here and get people, you know, playing. And I think it was one of those, oh, wait. Oh, wait, did we consider the fact that, like, this game's kind of patchwork now and the early game experience has completely been changed? There's no reason for greens and whites to be in the game anymore, it's only it's only blues and purples and exotics. Like, what does the campaign even mean? What what is that even going to feel like to the new player? Are they going to level up fast enough? What's the scaling like back then? You know what I mean? Like, and and Luke Smith said they underestimated how many players were going to jump in. It was almost like they thought, yeah, let's see how this goes. We're an older franchise. I you know, will people jump in and want to play? And. You never want to have, like, an over sense of confidence and, like, this hubris about your game. Like, yeah, dude, everybody's going to want to play our game. 
But, you know, maybe they should have prepared a little bit better. But keep in mind, they were also, you know, leaving their publisher, launching Shadowkeep, going to a new seasonal format that was a la carte, probably combing people, you know, and, and, and carving people off of, of uh, different teams to put them on to, you know, the development of, you know, year four, which we're about to embark in. And in the midst of all that, you know, new light players kind of got forgotten, which to a certain extent, that's probably okay that Bungie focus more on paying players. Hunter. With the current level, what's your wish list for changes that you'd like to see? I'd love to see slot leveling, and I think leveling should be a ladder. Well, obviously slot leveling, and then as I've said, let us repeat milestones so every three strikes you get a powerful. Just let me keep doing that. Who cares? And then everything that drops, drops at your level. That's my wish list. Based on impulse, would it be possible to implement a menu option for players that could be simple and more tutorial-esque for new players? Uh, more in-depth uh, and less hand-holding one for experienced players. Well, in in general, games don't typically do this unless, of course, you know, you're talking about you can press a button to get details. You know what I mean? If you're going to press a button for details that like expands over, that's usually how games do this. So we kind of have this in Destiny, if, if I'm honest. You go like this, and you're like, okay, I can get a screenshot of the stats. I can get a screenshot of the stacks and the perks, and then I can go in here, and I'm like, okay, I can switch this, switch that, enhance that, change that. You know what I mean? I don't think I'll be doing Fall Guys on Saturday. No, Xlandral. We'll be doing one Friday night, though. The VIP Fight Nights this Friday. So, I kind of feel like we already have this. You know? I don't know if they need to completely overhaul the UI to be like, here is like the the Duplo Lego version that's super rudimentary and basic. And then here's the enhanced menu. I don't think they need to do that. I think they have a gradual form of information um, you know, it'll be around 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. I think that they've given you enough gradual information to say if you would like to go, if if you uh, if you would like to go into these you know these extra information and these extra menus, you can, but you don't have to. You don't have to. It'll be done around 7:30. Yeah, for those of you, maybe you're listening to this on iTunes or YouTube or something, or you're in the chat right now, this Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be having drinks and playing Fall Guys. So bring your drinks, if you drink, if not, no worries, but bring them, bring laughs, and uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna game. We're going to have some Fall Guys VIP fight night. Anybody can watch the stream, but we're only letting VIPs jump into play as just like an extra perk uh, for them. So it's this Friday, the 7th. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow... Uh, for those of you that are live and uh, 8 p.m. Eastern now PlayStation 4 and PC don't have crossplay yet uh, so it's just we have to just do PC for now now fight night's going to become a staple uh, it's going to become a weekly staple we've got other games and ideas but for now we're going to be doing some fall guys and it should be really really good so if you want to become a VIP you can do it on the Patreon at sntrpresents.com but if you're here on YouTube you can just click join or type exclamation point join. Both YouTube tiers and Patreon tiers are identical and all the perks sync up in Discord. So, I don't have any scenes set up, no. No, I won't be using split screen. I don't think so. Uh, so, 
yeah, I don't think we need two different menus. I understand your intention here, but I feel like that would just get confusing and it'd be a lot of development and kind of unnecessary because we already have a uh, we already have a, a, a procedural amount of information. No, you didn't fail. You can click that link and pick one of the tiers. You're gonna do caffeine and sugar. Oh, I will be. I will be having drinks. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be a riot. Uh, let's see. Last question from R- Resurrect. What about XP leveling like a real MMO? Killing enemies to give XP. The higher level, the more XP. Towards the end of the level cap, enemies would be a little bit less. Boss would give you the highest XP gain. I actually think Bungie's... People were asking earlier, could we get a hybrid where you have your character level and your gear score level? I think what they're doing is they have their own version of a hybrid. Their hybrid is XP on the artifact, gear leveling is the primary right you get the bonus xp on the artifact and then you got the um you got the you know the uh you got the xp on the artifact then you have the gear you know out the game so i already think they have it they already have their hybrid that they want to invest in now it needs refined and luke says luke smith has said you know in year four right in year four we're going to have this sort of uh, refinement of XP distribution activities will start to give more XP so you don't feel like you have to run bounties in order to level the artifact so we might end up seeing like that kind of come together and fix itself you know yeah I don't know we, we haven't had any blips all day that was a real small one but it's super super minor I'm not running dynamic bitrate so it minimizes like the buffer that was just like 482 frames dropped um, I guess I'm gonna have to call AT&T because that's exactly the problem that they were supposed to fix so more than likely they'll come out and they'll see more errors again because literally my bit my upload goes to zero and then recovers very quickly so he didn't fix whatever the problem was which is a big bummer because he was here for freaking ever and he went down to the cross box and he moved me to a different port. So, uh, a five spot from Rookie. Been a fan for six months. Hope you and the family are well. Keep the content. Thank you for the $5 tip. And Ryder, clicking the tier one, joining the members, get into the Discord to get your perks. Keep in mind, there are different tiers, Ryder. If you were trying to do VIP, you didn't pick it. It doesn't matter to me, but it, it seemed like you were interested in VIP. You actually just picked tier one. Um, so there's actually different levels of, uh, of support on the membership. Same thing on Patreon. You can do, you can do one of the, one of the different ones. So yeah, I, th- I think that's their hybrid is artifact and gear. And that's kind of what they want to do going forward. So I don't necessarily think that, uh, they need to overhaul and go to MMO XP pure based leveling. So All right, we're going to transition to VIP call-ins here in just a minute. So if you are a VIP, you can call in and talk to me live on the air through Discord. So get in there and get ready if you're wanting to do that. Uh, And if you ever want to upgrade to VIP, it is prorated. So if you're like, yeah, I'm tier one, this VIP stuff sounding dope. We've got another show that we're cooking up as well that will start to have its own tiers and perks and benefits that'll be about like movies and TV shows that we're going to be rewatching together. Um, We're not going to watch them together. We'll watch them ahead of time and then discuss them. So we got more shows, hopefully, uh, on the way uh, that will give you more reason to try out those different perks and benefits because some people might not be super interested in the 
Q&A and call-ins about Destiny, but you may want to call in and debate me about Marvel movies or, you know, for re-watching Stranger Things or something. So, as always, if you're listening or watching any other locations, you can support me directly at sntrpresents.com. That's my Patreon. Or you can come to the YouTube by using saynotorage.com. Click the join button or the subscribe button. All those things help me out. As always, if you're listening into the other locations, iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the viewer VIP call-in session that happened after my leveling for the new player talk and the Q&A. If you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or maybe Google Play, you can look up SNTR Presents on any podcast platform or go to SNTRPresents.com and support me directly through Patreon. If you'd rather do it on YouTube, feel free to do that. Say no to Rage.com will bring you to the YouTube and you can do the join button and pick from all those tiers and get those benefits in the discord so we're just going to do alphabetical today because it's easier for me to do that based on impulse what do you got for me today after the video and Q&A today uh, good is it afternoon afternoon Mr. Leno um, so I just kind of wanted to qualify what I about um, because I was talking about the uh, the menu the idea of maybe separating. Mm-hmm. Am, I, am I cutting out a little? Just a little bit, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, let me know if that's a little better. I'll just keep talking. Um, okay, cool. So I just kind of wanted to qualify it because um, it, it wasn't uh, necessarily just about like menus. I, I kind of uh, thought about it more so as collectively across the game, kind of giving us those options i know they have um tool tips and things in the game right now mm-hmm. uh for newer players because my friend has a, has a new light account and he was complaining about getting pop-ups and gambit all the time so i know that's one thing that they've done um but i'm almost wondering if they could expand on that a little bit more than just kind of a banner at the bottom of your screen like right. uh take us through a little armor or take new light players through a little armor walkthrough like you know, this slot is where, you know, you put your recovery, intellect, whatever mods. These are where you put your weapon-specific mods, and it matters, blah, 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 all that stuff. So, it wasn't necessarily... I guess I kind of explained it and worded it poorly in my question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't more so about separate menus. It was more so about giving, uh, giving the less experienced players more visual cues and things to read to help them, like, when they first start playing. Okay, yeah, I mean, you could certainly take them through, and this, this is, you have to do it, and I, I talked about this in the Q&A, you gotta do it organically, because when it's like the mobile game that makes you click on eight things, um, it like grays out the screen, it's like, click this button, and like, you just, you have to kind of like walk through that. I'm never a fan of that, it's too mechanical, but I could get behind the idea that when they first get their first piece of armor, or they get their first powerful reward they go into their menu and it's like hey check this out click on this and it points and it says you know this is higher this is lower you know this is why your gear score has gone up um you know some of that stuff's pretty basic but at the same time it can make it to where 
you're orienting them to the menus and what the menus mean. So they go into the menu and they're like, what is all this? But then they, but then you're, you're kind of making them look at it that first time. Again, as long as it's not like click this, click that, click this, click that, where you're like, I'm just get away. Like you're saying, it's almost like pesky. It's like, leave me alone. Um, if it was more in the menus themselves and set up in a way that it was, you know, it was clean and organic and educational. I could, I could definitely get behind that because, you know, and, and one of the things I think they need to focus on is basically, uh, you, you have to do it in the right order is essentially what I tried to stress in the Q and a, you have to fix leveling first. And then what you're asking for is a whole lot easier to implement. Imagine right now trying to implement your ID in the current system. What in the frick? How are you going to explain all this? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, no, you've got a million different things to confuse. And then you've got to even think about, do they want to even explain um, token slamming? Because that's kind of like a hidden little thing that's not even really talked about. There's not even anything in the game that tells you, hey, Zavala's plus zero today, or hey, Brother Vance is plus zero today. It's just you have to go to an external website to figure it out. So I don't even know if that is something that they would even explain. Right. Or how do you explain when a powerful hits the wrong slot? And you're like, wait, my kinetic is 1047 and the powerful dropped at 1055. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it hit the wrong slot. You know, RNG can can make elements of the game not even make sense. So like, is how do you explain that from a tutorial? <laughs> like, how do you... Infusion... What's the purpose and the function of infusion now? Other than busy work uh, for a new player to go get planetary currencies that rotate randomly so I can buy upgrade modules. I mean, thankfully, they give you a lot of them in the season pass. But still, if if you use those, because you have to understand, the new player doesn't know. They don't know that these upgrade modules are, are, are kind of a commodity to anybody who doesn't have a lot of currency. They don't know that. So they're just going to use them. They're not taught the importance of it, the process of it, any of it. So, your I think your system would land really, really well on a refined leveling system because you could highlight the basics. You know, here's your gear score. This item dropped at higher gear. It's now raised your slots, your slots power, which adds to the overall power of your character. Boom, done. That's just so easy. That just makes sense. Like the slot itself has gone up is easier to understand than all these individual pieces having, you know, different gear scores. And then getting into the, you know, the stats and the armor 2.0. Um yeah, I feel like that might have to come later but still could use some explanation. I you don't want to make them drink from a fire hose like right as soon as the game starts, right. but that that could definitely come later. An explanation for how stats work, how master working works, why you want to level up energy, why like what is affinity? Well, I'm using a hand cannon and my gauntlets don't have any hand cannon mods. What what the frick is this? We get we understand that. But a, a new player might be like, "I don't understand. Why can't where are the hand cannon mods?" you know? Um, right. And I think one thing that might actually be uh it's just something that came in off the top of my head um, that might be good for them to do is almost give you, I mean, you want to be careful to not make it super transactional or pesky like you were talking about with like the whole mobile game kind of thing, but they could make it um, almost like a little leveling sort of quest thing or progression that you do through Rahul and or Banshee and kind of mm-hmm. tie those together and you can like, you know, you can drop them something that specifically is called like, you know, powerful tier one and then when you open it, it's like it tells you, you know, what it was and like how the level of it works and everything. Yeah. But yeah. again, like you said, you know, you got to be careful of the whole making it feel too mobile gamey. 
you would almost make it like once you get to a certain level, a quest opens up, and then you can it's optional. Like, do you want to go do this quest at the gunsmith? And, you know, he kind of walks you through it. You know, right? I and maybe it it's like you know, be. once you hit the uh, the soft cap this season is what a thousand, I think. So you know, once you hit that now you actually have to like go do your leveling a little more methodically go talk to banshee and he'll get you started or something like that yeah yeah that's good that's good i think yeah this is this is window dressing that only looks right if you rebuild the room like that this is good stuff that would help but you know as we've said and we both agreed they got to rebuild the room and i honestly think it's easier then for them to do what you're asking like bungie can you can you create some you know educational little tutorial tip like steps here to make sense of all this well that's a whole lot easier if this if the leveling system becomes less of a spaghetti code patchwork mess because it's just it's so much they've had to adapt and change so much from vanilla that it only really truly makes sense to experienced players and it's trying to explain it to a non-experienced player it's not just harder because they don't know. It's harder because they don't even have a foundational understanding. Like if they would have played vanilla and maybe quit during Curse of Osiris, oh, it'd be it'd be so much easier to explain it to them. You know, they have a foundational destiny schema in their brain. Somebody that doesn't have that, you're like, well, uh, do you remember Infusion? No. Do you remember King's Fault? No. Do you remember? No. Like it's like, well, um, basically, and you try to go into it, and it. And honestly, even if you can really make it make sense, it just sounds super unappealing. You go run all right. these, go run all these activities, and you might get something that helps you level up. What about all of these other drops? Yeah, they don't really matter. <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, hey, go check out all these activities. Oh, you found the one you like. Okay, cool, that's great. But now you have to do everything if you want to level the most efficient way. Right, telling a new. Pl- that's the other thing, man. The milestone system is built for experienced players. It's built for people mm-hmm. to like, hey, dip your toe in everything if you want to level up efficiently. To somebody that's new, you're asking somebody that's new to have a very, very broad palette. Like, play Gambit, play Crucible, play Nightfalls, play Strikes. It's like, huh? Now, initially, sure, take them through a campaign where they they play each of those one time. And then they, they get to kind of see if they like them, right? It's like a, it's like a beer right. sampler, you know? It's They might not mm-hmm. like the Pilsner, but they might like the lager, right? So they might think Crucible's lame and Gambit's awful, but they love strikes. Or flip it, you know, they might think Crucible's great and they can't stand all the PvE. It's fine to do it initially, but to weekly and rhythmically tell new players, you got to have a broad palette if you want to, if you really want to level. You got to play so many different types of content. Um... That in division, if anything ever funneled me to the dark zone, I was like, nope, no thank you. I don't want to go to the dark zone. I just want to play through the PVE. I just want to bounty and quest grind and gear grind. And if they would have made me go in to the dark zone, like every day and week to push my character higher, I would have been very irritated. And I would worry new players could have very similar feelings with how uh, the milestone structure is currently set up. Uh, yeah, and I think um, just to uh, give me just he's having to mute. So here's what we'll do. I'll um, I think that was I think that was good. We'll well maybe we'll loop back if you have other comments. But I'm gonna go ahead and mute you and move on. I I, I can't sit on hold. I'm not on a phone call. We're recording this. So I'm gonna move on to the next person, uh, which I believe is Avenger, Avenger. You said you have you do dis you're disagreeing with me on stuff today, so let's ha- let's have it. 
Yeah. Um, so the first disagreement I have is about um, your comments on the scaling down of content and stuff and about that. Okay. Um, the biggest issue that I had, and this is what I was discussing with Necro in chat, um, is that scaling down isn't like it's not scaling you down completely a good example is we were talking about 750 strikes and this is this is the point that he made that when you're in a 750 strike even though i am 1050 300 power levels above it i'm still getting four shot by a boss and to me they're not scaling you down they're capping you at a point because if you're talking strikes if you're truck if you're talking all of the like these core content loops your core content is supposed to be something that you can go back and replay. And if I'm going through and I'm like, oh, well, I'm a thousand fifty, and this is a seven fifty strike, I'm just gonna get, I'm not gonna get insta killed. I'm just gonna be able to face tank everything, and I'm not gonna be able to take any damage. And I'm gonna be able to one shot every single ad. A knight comes around the corner and one shot. So they have a cap for a reason because it's core content, and that's why it needs to be capped at that point. So I don't think that scaling down, they're capping you at a point. I don't think they're scaling you down or scaling you back. And that, that's the that's one of the disagreements that I had with you. I mean, I think saying scaling us down is an easy way to encapsulate a big idea. So it may not be the best phrase, but I believe it represents the idea of, I'm just going to read off some Grandmaster Nightfall modifiers that I believe in effect scale us down and and limit our power limit our ability to feel strong in the end game okay in incoming environmental damage increase knockback damage and distance increase so now i get flung further and i take more damage and incoming environmental damage increase that in effect is making me weaker i am more susceptible to that damage so i think that in essence is encapsulated by saying quote unquote scaling us back limited revives uh extinguished well and extinguished not so much but limited revives is a bit of a scale back uh join in progress disabled no what was the other one i was thinking of oh locked loadout uh and match game so match game limits your damage output it scales back your damage output in relation to you must match shields it's it's a rule that in effect limits and weakens your damage so does contest contest modifier i'm actually a big fan of contest modifier i think it it's too much when you put it in this particular environment but i think contest on its own has some good uses what was the other one I saw? Radars disabled. That's another ability. They're just taking from you. Um, and then the that's it. That's it. So, and you have to remember, nightfalls have their own damage rules as far as how much damage enemies take and how much damage they do. That's why I went into that lost sector the one day and I was getting baked because when you're in a nightfall, everything does more damage and you also take more damage. I don't know if they give that a name. I don't know if that's even listed anywhere as a modifier, but I believe all of those fall under the phrase scale us back. Scale us back might not be the absolute best phrase to use because it sounds like they're taking all your your power and work away but in effect they're weakening you both in how how much health you have like you become you become weak and susceptible like when you go into uh, you know rpgs and they're like this enemy is very susceptible to acid attacks right that enemy is weak it's been debuffed with respect to acid attacks so we are being debuffed in some respects weakened to certain attacks as well as having some of our abilities taken away uh, and some of our power taken away and 
contest modifier is on top of all of this basically saying you will always be under leveled in this content you are being treated as if you're coming into content that you are weaker than um so that is why I feel like both what Necro and I were saying is that doesn't feel like the crescendo of a power fantasy game of, hey, you're really strong, awesome, come in here, and we're going to strip all your power away, and your combat options start to get very limited accordingly. I, I talked about this whenever I played Division. Division 1 did the same dadgum thing. You played through the Division 1 campaign, you got all these different cool abilities and things you can do in this launcher and this these these tech things you can invest in, and when Division 1's end game hit, everybody ran the health station and that was it. You basically just stacked up on walls, you hid and ran health station. Why? Cuz they just turned the dial up all the enemies were stronger and you felt in- incredibly weak and it was a terrible crescendo it felt it felt awful they took all that cool stuff they developed and they flattened it out to this is the best solution healing stations um, instead of being like well you're going to want to have one healing stations but you know healing stations don't stack and these enemies are super susceptible to grenade launchers so somebody better run grenade launcher these enemies are super, super susceptible to these you know tracker mines on the ground or whatever I'm forgetting all of the abilities in division but you see they could have created nuanced depth of combat to where your 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 choices in your loadout could make certain things better, stronger, weaker, whatever, but they didn't do that. It was just everything's strong and you're weak, and so everything gets flattened out into a very simple equation of survive or die, and everyone runs healing stations. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming at, but there, there's one issue, and this is the one statement that I hate when they talk about Destiny, and it's, it's only in a certain part, is power fantasy, and for the crescendo of the power fantasy. Because when I want to play, and not just Destiny as a whole, because you can go into everything else, into um, raids and endgame content, outside of that, you can go into everything else, and you can insta-kill, smash anything with with any weapons that you have. At a base level, I can go into the EDZ and just go kill stuff. I can go into all these different contents that they have throughout the years and I can just go in and just smash things with any build, any weapon and people can do that all the time. At the same time, I don't think that the end game content should be a place where you have a power fantasy. Now I agree that grandmasters and, you know, certain certain modifiers and certain difficulty aspects of these uh end game difficulty uh structures they have need to be changed because they they aren't good. Um, in any way, shape, or form, but I don't feel like, you know, having a, as you said, the crescendo of a power fantasy. The game as itself is is already a habit, has an insanely high power fantasy. If I go into 750 strikes, I'm gonna go in and I can solo the boss with a sword, one swipe, and he's already half health. There are people who go in and try and see how fast they can go through strikes solely because they're over level and they're already hitting that cap of 50 above, so they can't do any more damage. They hit the cap mm-hmm. of that point. And to scale, the biggest thing that I see, you know, endgame content, I think, is a different spectrum of difficulty and where power fantasy, I don't think, should exist. I don't think power fantasy should exist for hard content because if this game truly, as they said, and they want to be an action RPG, they want to be an MMO, whatever they want to be, the end game content needs to be difficult in some senses. The difficulty needs to be changed in the way they're going about it, but there still needs to be some sense of scaling back 
if that's even the word for it like they put a cap on how much damage you can do or a cap on how much um level you can go in via the contest modifier and like you said they just slap on modifiers or they just make modifiers that just make you feel completely hindered and don't give you a positive they don't give you that uh, there's a pro and then there's a con so i feel like those things should be uh implemented to change it but i don't think that it's a core issue that should be like they shouldn't you shouldn't have to worry about it in endgame there should be a power fantasy in endgame there should be a power fantasy in every other part of it here here is why i think your position doesn't allow for true power fantasy okay because you're right i can go into strikes and absolutely decimate everything it's super trivial it's super easy and there's been times where i have said i could go into the game and hand you a weapon that is so strong it one shots everything and it is technically it is according to the technical you know readout on it it's it's powerful and i would ask you do you feel powerful and you would say no i'm I'm, everything is dying instantly whether it's a boss the size of of a of a house or a trash ad they're all dying as soon as i shoot them so even though you're technically strong it would not feel strong because nothing's truly challenging you and that's where I feel like there is that that's not a power fantasy to go into strikes and steamroll and nothing 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 feels like it's a threat you don't feel like you're overcoming anything that is strong and then you flip that on its head and you have the exact opposite experience in a Grandmaster Nightfall where you are no longer the person running over everything you're the person that's sort of the you're the trash ad now you're the weakling that kind of has to hide and stay back and play it more slow because you cannot play aggressive and run out and I know some people are going to say oh you can you can there are certain strikes you can do it I, I think each individual strike needs to be you know tuned according uh, to you know to itself but I think power fantasy does belong in the end game and that's why I always say these enemies are really really strong but so am I I'm fine if you want to make the enemies stronger with respect to how much damage they output and maybe if you give them a little bit more health too I'm, I'm okay with that but when in essence I am weaker to the res- to the point that I'm doing less damage to them I'm taking more I'm taking increased damage from certain sources increased damage from the enemies as well it's to me, I feel like the pendulum is swinging from one extreme to another. 750 strikes, a joke. Could do it blindfolded. Just swing your sword, your your guillotine, you know, just wham, you just melt the boss. And then the guillotine swings way over to over here to where I go into Grandmasters. I feel like there's no in-between. There's no nuance. There's no depth. It's like I'm either absolutely, utterly destroying everything because I'm above level or I have to play it super slow face tank and and, and hide or, or avoidance, right? The pain's so high, you either avoid uh, or endure it or just avoid it like me. Like, I don't even play it. Like, you don't engage. So there's not engagement, avoidance, and then there's uh, endurance of it. So for a game like Destiny and even my example of Division 1, when you have all these build options and weapon options and you don't give them, there's no... How do I want to say this? There's no part of the game that presses on your decisions and you come up with, like, creative solutions. It's, yeah, just run really strong stuff in Strikes, and then when you go into Grandmaster or in Division, as my example, everybody runs Healing Station. Like, you flatten out the decision, and it becomes... How is that? A, how is that a fantasy, an RPG game? How is that a game with build crafting when all your decisions go out the window? That, you, that, that none of the tools, none of the other subclasses, none of the other builds 
have any footing at all. And this is why I had the idea with War Mind Cell modifiers. They should have implemented that in Grandmaster Nightfalls when they first launched. So if you built yourself around Warmind Cells, you could have had really, really strong builds in Grandmaster. It's optional, but it's there as a positive modifier. So now build crafting becomes part of problem solving, becomes part of power fantasy. You're stronger in finessing content in accordance with combat decisions and loadout decisions instead of feeling like, yeah, well, I mean, everything's crazy strong. So there's there's only a couple of good solutions here, you know? Yeah, I, I see the issue, but the biggest thing that I'm seeing with how you're at least stating the argument is you're going from one side to the other. You're saying, okay, well, here's a 750 Nightfall, or here's a 750 Strike. Also, here's the Grandmaster, which is the hardest thing. You're taking the easiest thing and then the hardest thing and trying to compare them. What about all the stuff in between? You have dungeons, you have um, different difficulties of strikes, nightmare hunts. You have all this different content in the game that is in between this line of spectrum where it's not... You know, I'm just blazing through everything, but it's also, I'm not 25 forced underneath with a bunch of modifiers that are forcing me there. You can use all of these other things during that other content. You can use all these other builds and they're viable. You can use Warmind Cells and Garden of Salvation to help clear out your side faster. You can use all these things in all of these other uh, content uh, structures and there isn't a complete... Um, there isn't the stacks and negative modifiers and all these things that are, as you say, scaling back or you know making you feel less powerful um, after you've gone through that. And as you go up through these uh, different content structures, as you start at the 750, as you start at the patrol zones, you start out at a point, especially if you're at 1050. 1050 is a good example. You start out at 1050, you're flying through this stuff. And then you go to 820, you're still flying through this stuff. And then you go to 1000, you know, it's maybe that's when stuff starts to get a little harder. And you start doing a thousand twenty. Well, you're not doing as much damage, but you still feel like you're making a good and comparable fight. And then you go up to ten forty, and it's a little harder. You have to play a little smarter. You have to go around. You have to kind of position yourself a little better. And then you're doing ten eighty content, and you're like, okay, this is a lot harder. I need to make sure I'm, you know, paying attention. What's going on? Where's you know what's happening? And then you're doing Grandmaster. There's a, there's a progression through the game as you go up in difficulty and difficulty and difficulty. And as you go up in that structure, you shouldn't be able to fly through this stuff. And at one point, Grandmasters, yes, the structure of Grandmaster right now is very bad. But is the core concept of it is that you're going into this and you should be, um, you should feel like you, it's a challenge, but obviously the challenge isn't right right now but i think once they tune it it's still gonna feel like a challenge and i don't think they're gonna change the contest modifier and how hard that's gonna hit and that requires players to adjust on how they play i don't think it's a good concept in general but i understand what they're trying to go for and i think you know skipping from 750 you know to 100 1100 uh, there's a lot of things in there that you're kind of overlooking and you see as the power structure goes up you as a player go like you as a player a skill needs to go up as well because you can't just go around with the same gun and one shot everything well i wasn't necessarily overlooking them i was comparing the entrance point to the destination because fundamentally that's what our argument has been about is that the crescendo the destination the end of the road if the result of the road and the journey is 
I am being scaled back at almost every turn. I don't feel like all my work and building and, and achievement is is landing on the game. It feels like a lot of what I've worked on, built, and, and leveled up in power and strength, it feels like that's all been taken away from me, and like that's how they make it hard. I believe they have good examples in their own repertoire, in their own sort of uh, portfolio of content, of better content better challenge better difficulty um because they were i think they were more nuanced they built king's fall hard first scaled it back to normal there was more of an understanding of how we're going to create layers of pain and then remove those layers for normal mode right now they're not doing that they're slapping a one size fits all on top now you keep saying you know grandmaster's not good it's not good i think in principle the reason it's not good is because we go on this journey and we level up and we build craft and we try to come up with builds so our uptime is there and our recovery is there and our exotics are complementing each other and high stat rolls and we invest our currency master working our armor so we can squeeze the absolute most out of our armor and then you go into grand master and it genuinely feels like none of that matters it feels like so much of it gets thrown out the window when the principle behind endgame right now the again the destination the the final act Right, this is the final act, Grandmaster. Or let's say we get hard mode dungeon, hard mode raid. I would consider that also to be like final act, upper echelon content. I don't think experientially it makes sense for me to go in there and feel way weaker than the content that I just sort of left. If I just left a 1050 or a 1080, I I feel way, way weaker. Now, I should feel challenged. I should feel like this is difficult. These things are strong. They don't die easy. You know, there there's new layers, there's new mechanics, there's new things I have to do whether it's through champions or you know, unique things I have to do in my build or, you know, again, if there's more champions and I can equip more champion mods, you're adding more layers for me to interact with. So to your point, I would not be able to just run through it really quickly. I don't think the result of what I'm arguing for is that Grandmasters should be whooped up in seven minutes because I, I've, I've, you know, that's what Endgame should feel like. No, 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 no. I do think it should be difficult and challenging and not just run over Ripshod, but I don't think we get there by making the player feel weak and ill-equipped. I also don't feel like you get there by when you by flattening out choice and we, we we talk about this all the time when you flatten out choice it feels like it's not a choice then the satisfaction uh it, it the satisfaction is just not there I, it, I don't feel like i don't i don't feel like i am doing anything different than what most other people are doing this happens in campaigns like really really boring uh, really, really boring uh, shooter campaigns. You're going to play it, I'm going to play it, and we're both going to have a very, very similar experience. We go from point A to point B, down hallways, past cars, we're shooting the same enemies who come out of the same parts, and the same they say the same things. And when we get into the endgame of Destiny, it, it starts to get very similar, where it's so, so difficult, so much choice and personalization gets removed and it's a lot of like these are these are the, the 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 choices that you have to make because they've flattened out so much of the nuance of the game. I can see where, and I understand what, the reason I have problems with Grandmasters is because I think they should add me- different mechanics to it. I don't think it should be mechanic. Or I don't think it should be just slap on modifiers and put in champions. I think champions have a sl- spot 
in Grandmasters, but I think they should change mechanics of it, saying like Sabathun's song, you you have to slam the ball every single time you go into a damage phase. You know, s- something along those lines. That that's the main issue I have with it. Um, not that you know, I, I have issues with the modifiers. I don't mm-hmm. really have issues with forcing the player to use the meta and forcing the player to position yourself in a different way. And because I, I think that Grandmaster makes you play differently as a player. Because if you peek wrong, if you peek around a corner, there's two knights and an alkalite. Alkalite throws the grenade, two knights through the boomer, you're dead. There's nothing you can do there. And you just, it's all about positioning and it's all about your play style there. I don't think the modifiers are the right way to do that. I think that, you know, again, mechanics and stuff like that could supplement, you know, modifiers. But in the end, I don't think that, that in these end game activities you should have the freedom of using just whatever you want i don't think that you should do that every game no matter what it is um that is along the lines of destiny if you want to do the hardest content in the game you're gonna have to use the best content in the game or best weapons and armor whatever it may be in that activity as much as you want you shouldn't be able to play how you want in the hardest level of hardest everything you look at any game that does this kind of content you have to use the meta because if you don't you're going to be lacking in dps you're going to be lacking in anything that you're going to be doing and i don't think that's the right thing to do because you know i don't agree with forcing a player to use one type of weapon and then that's the only thing you can use through the whole game i don't agree with that but when you're doing this end game content, you have to use the meta or you're going to be at a severe disadvantage. Or even then, you know, you don't have to use the meta. I don't have to use, you know, Izanagi with Divinity. I can use Xenophage. It's going to take a really long time or it's going to be a lot more difficult to do that. But it's still, it, it's not the most viable thing to do. So why hinder yourself and why use that? And I think there's there's a different mindset that I don't think endgame content should be based around a player who says, I just want to use whatever I want, or I just want to even use this new stuff that I got um, for the season. I think there's a different mindset to that, and I don't think that endgame content, at least Grandmaster, should be catered to that. Well, and I I guess what we're saying then is Grandmasters are going to be content that doesn't even fit within the scope and identity of Destiny, then I think, because like... I was somebody in chat was saying like you're being contradictory how can you make it harder without making the player weaker kind of how it works no that is fundamentally not true why is the oryx fight harder than a public event it's not because they make me weaker it's because it's more complex there's layers there's dynamics there's mechanics there's pain points to mitigate there's eight plates to spin like it's not harder than a public event because I'm weak it's harder than a public event because they have created dynamic layered combat that requires me to do multiple types of things and that's why I don't agree with the idea that yes metas develop in the end game sure but when I ran King's Fall on hard or Wrath of the Machine on hard you did not feel like you had to run a certain meta. There was a freedom there because it was not solely about run the best stuff to stay alive and do damage. It was, you know, run with what you want within reason. You obviously can't go in with garbage blue trash, but it was more interwoven with 
finessing of mechanics in the fight along with having a, a you know a good loadout or a reasonable loadout when when right now when you go into combat you go into you know raids and stuff the difficulty is not purely derived from you being weak the difficulty and the challenge is derived from being asked to do more things what i've been saying is get get out of our minds this idea of like oh mechanical pain is standing on a plate what if they took the principle of the king's fall fight you got all these different layers and things you have to do get the light eater knight keep the ogres in their spot get to the center stay out of the way of the shade you got, you're doing all these things or you're spinning all these plates take that principle and shove it into combat so that I am doing the same thing when I'm playing combat I'm making simultaneous decisions I got a champion over there this champion that guy's got this shield this guy's doing this thing and I'm equipped with loadout decisions abilities per and mods to mitigate those pain points so the combat is more complex not just they're strong hide and you know when you bring up oh if you peek out you're going to die really really quickly this game is not designed for that level of TTK it simply isn't this game is not built for insta deaths okay if you're going to have insta death the minute you get into a game where time to kill can become almost instantaneous the player must be equipped with agility to dodge or parry or block we don't have any of those mechanics in this game i need to be either either have lateral agility like roll on the ground to get out of the way or i need to be able to block or parry you go to any game that adds this level of insane quick time to kill really harsh damage and the player is equipped with mechanics to mitigate that damage. you can Again, you, this is true in Hollow Knight, Ori, Sekiro, Dark Souls. Any game you play like that, if they're going to throw high damage at you, you have things to do to mitigate and dodge it. Destiny has created a game where the minute they turn up the temperature that high and things can kill you that quickly, you lack the tools to mitigate the damage. So you end up coming up with incredibly weird, cheesy aggro. Like, go back, try to get away, see who you can get to de-aggro, like hide behind this wall. Like, you're you're solving a puzzle that like doesn't even have jigsaw pieces to it. It's like it's this weird, odd puzzle of like. I can't stand here because I'll die instantly. I got to stand over here. None of these encounters, enemy aggro patterns, enemy sight lines, the way they pathfind, none of it was designed for this. It's so cart, it's cart after horse. It's like all this was built three and four years ago. Now you're coming after and you're trying to add all this insanity to it. And it's like, this game isn't built for this. We aren't even built as... De- Forget the environments and the enemies. We're not even built as guardians to engage in this kind of combat. It just becomes absurd and silly. Like, I think... I'm going to keep saying the same thing. If you add layers to the combat itself, so I'm making more decisions than just shoot, 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 hide, shoot, 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 hide. Make me make decisions. The closest we got to this was Master Nightmare Hunt's for time trials because you had to make unique combat decisions and unique choices on which enemies to shoot first and stuff you had to come up with unique stratagem to beat it quickly and you used supreme nightmare mods to do it you used champion mods to do it like there were all these things that then the result was whew, we did it we went really quickly and there were also multiple solutions to those time trials there wasn't like one way to do it and so i i don't know i 
that's where I keep coming from. I think you and I could both be happy if they went down that road instead of the road they've been going down. I think you could be happy with a Grandmaster that was built with my philosophy in mind because it would be tough, you wouldn't beat it quickly, and you would have to be an intelligent, well-equipped player that within reason was running some sort of an endgame meta, but not so narrow as we are now. I think comparing... I think Grandmaster Nightfalls were made as something that they've never done before. You can, as you said, you compared it to a raid and I don't think it's even on the level of a raid. I think it's about 10 times harder than a raid. Yeah. And that's, that's the point. You know, you have a raid where it's the hardest part of the raid is to get six people coordinated enough with the amount of time to execute all of the mechanics correctly. That's the difficulty of a raid for, Nightfall for at least, you know, when you're going to master and even before even getting to grandmaster, you know, you it requires, you know, having a loadout set up, uh, making sure you have someone, you know, marking this shield and that shield and, you know, have this loadout that's set up to break these barriers or overload this champion or stop the ogre that's going to be rushing me down. Um, You build for the scenarios that are going to happen. And for and that's something new, I think they've implemented with these grandmaster nightfalls. That being a thing, I think that the concept of Grandmaster and the the thing that they want to accomplish with this being something that's hard, being something that you have to rely on your teammates, rely on a build crafting in a different way. You're not build crafting with mods, you're build crafting with your team. And to me, I think it's a whole new thing and they need to focus on making that better. But at the same time, I don't think letting everyone be able to, even at the point where you said, you know, at raids, you can use, you can use something that's outside of the meta and still be fine. But if you use something outside of the meta in Grandmaster Nightfalls, you most likely it's going to hurt a lot more than if you use different in raid. So I, w- I would think that even at that point, they sh- you shouldn't have just the free leeway to use, you know, even stuff that's slightly off meta. I think you need to use stuff that's still strong in the meta. Yeah, and I also think the difference, too, back then is we actually had hard modes. So, like, I was using different weapons within reason. Like, my Starfire Protocol build was still crazy strong. Like, measure the strength of my build. It was crazy strong. So was the Warpath Dead Orbit Rocket Launcher build. So was the the folks who used Galahorn. So was the folks who used Dark Drinker, right? Like, we were... We weren't really using off-meta builds. We were using different builds that were measurably crazy strong. And I think that's what I was trying to kind of drive at. It, you, know, it, you know, people are bringing up, oh, raids are so, you know, mechanically learned and then people solo them or beat them like they're nothing. This is one of the reasons I've been asking for hard mode raids where contest is always on because I think when you add enough mechanical pain, imagine the Oryx fight with contest modifier turned on. It would always be tough right sure you could be like well no it gets pretty easy we know what we're doing we know where to stand but there would still be a level of toughness to it right you you might get accustomed to eating a certain type of food that's real tough it's got this real hard outer shell and you just kind of get used to it the first time you're like man this is really hard to eat and then you get better at it and you kind of learn and it just becomes you you almost adjust your palate and and you know all of you if you slice it in this way maybe it's a little bit better but it's still always tough right like Oryx with contests would be tough, but it wouldn't feel like what it would do is 
there's constant mechanical pain that has to be managed, and there's always the threat of death. What ends up happening now is threat of death leaves because we get overleveled, and now it's, well, threat of death. I mean, you'd have to be a bonehead to die. You'd have to have a lead feet, stand still, not pay attention bonehead to die in a lot of these raid encounters. What's the number one cause for death in raids right now? Somebody's either goofing off or they like, they fall in a hole. They get, they get physicsed, right? <laughs> they get physicsed, right? You very rarely are just standing there getting shot by ads and you're like, sorry, I wasn't paying attention. They killed me. That's so rare. Why? Because the threat of death has been almost utterly removed. You know, whenever I die in Garden of Salvation, it's either a bump where I fall in a hole, somebody shoots the wrong eye, so that's a mechanic killing me, not enemies, or you get glitchy floors at the end, right? The, one of the floors will kill you or something. Those ads aren't going to... They're not going to kill me. Will kill you. Suppl- supplicants can kill you. I, I've, I've died many a times as supplicants because I wasn't paying attention. That's more instant, right, though? Because it's like a boom. That's like an explosion. Yeah. You know, that is a little bit different. But what th- I think the point that you can see I'm making is threat of death almost entirely leaves. It's like, oh, that's just, just a breeze. But Contest Modifier maintains a level of intensity. I would love to have played Wrath on hard and had contest on or oryx on hard and had contest on because the threat and the intensity would stay in place and then that plate has to continually be spun while i'm also doing the mechanics you basically stop spinning the survivor plate you're like yeah i don't care about that everything's so freaking weak i mean you get i i get shot so much in raids now i just stand there i'm like yeah this guy can't kill me like i let minotaurs punch me if that's an indication of how we need a hard mode with contest it's like i literally just let a minotaur punch me i'm like yeah it's fine (laughs) like it's it's i'm not gonna die you're not you're not a threat to me anymore and you know if we set aside the grandmaster discussion i really really think if they recapture what made King's Fall such a beautiful spectrum of normal to hard, and then bring Contest in as this nice little, hey, you, you gotta pay attention. Like, this isn't, you're not overleveled. You know, it, Contest is good in the right circumstances, um, and I think what ends up happening in Grandmaster is Contest is like driving the nail deeper than it needs to go. It's like, gee, many Christmas and you're fracturing the carpentry. You're just driving that nail way deeper. It's like 12 negative modifiers and wham! Contests. Like, holy frick! Like, swords the whole time. So, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I hear where folks like Avenger and where hardcore folks are coming from. I think we settle for simple two-dimensional boring difficulty in destiny i don't think we've they've, they've ever delivered the true true like this is difficult content they either heavily rely on delta like they did in last wish or they heavily rely on delta negative modifiers like they are in grandmaster nightfall i think if you were to take the two perfect examples oryx fight on hard because of the increased mechanical pain with like light eater knights and delta and you bring those two together i think you have a great great harmony of you got to have mechanical finesse and awareness and you have to have combat finesse and awareness or you're going to mess up. I think that's the happy marriage. Yeah, I, I enjoy contest. I actually think it's a great thing. And I do I do agree that slapping contest already on the 12 negative modifiers of Grandmaster is just a little overkill, just a little bit. Um, but at the same, like when you're talking about, um, when you're comparing it to D1, uh, I thought of something interesting. When you have a structure like D1 that had the... Um, experience levels and stuff like that i think it was 
King's Fall was, um, or at least the max level you can get during Taken King was level 40, if I'm correct. And when you go into the raid, even though you were your power level still mattered, all the enemies were still level 42. And that stuck out to me once I thought about it. Because at that point, it felt like to me, and enemies hit harder in D1 than they do in D2 raid-wise. When you're in a raid or a nightfall, they always felt like they just hit a little harder than any other enemy even at level 40. And I think it was because they had a soft... They had the basis of what Contest Modifier is with that XP system and having it two levels up. And I never thought about it until I actually, you know, looked back at it and said, wow, maybe they already had Contest Modifier and it was just based off of XP level. So, and I think that was like a soft kind of, you know, it wasn't as hard as, you know, 25 levels underneath, but maybe it was more like, at least comparing it Destiny 2, maybe 10 levels underneath or 15 levels underneath. I, I never thought of that. So, um, th that's, that to me, what my question was yeah. um, in, in the Q&A was about, you know, the XP and how they could do that with endgame content. So, yeah. I want to respond to what Wheezy said. I don't think Orcs was that hard. They just added a knight. You just sat in the center with a titan using a ward of dawn to bait the ogres, etc. I don't know. I think you're romanticizing some of D1. You have to hear what I'm saying, though, Wheezy. Like, I even conceded that once you were at level and the threat of death was gone, Oryx was Oryx became what we would consider to be easier. Like, the challenge kind of went away. What I'm saying is, is the principle of adding layers of difficulty that are mechanical like that like the light eater knight wasn't just like an extra knight he would literally undo your work if he went unchecked he'd come he'd come eat your blights and if you were stacking blights he'd eat all of them right so i'm saying that that to me that's the spirit of how you increase difficulty like i don't i don't think that's enough that's why i said you need to add contest modifier to it so like i have the threat like when we beat the bull encounter in the dungeon and we were under leveled, it just felt good. The threat of death, move, hide, get to cover, keep your feet moving. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, we have to hide the whole time. It was keep moving, keep it intense. It's this tiny little area and then we beat it. And the minute you go in there now and you're over leveled for that bull encounter, it's, it's not even the same encounter. It feels like a different encounter because it's so much easier. The minute threat of death leaves, the whole game changes changes the whole game changes you know what that's like when you play an rpg and you go back to an area where you were getting thumped and now you're stronger than everything it just feels different it looks different remember the first time you would go into a new job or a warehouse and it feels enormous and then a couple weeks later it doesn't feel big anymore you're just accustomed to it it's the same idea it's like content just loses its its panache, its power, its spark, the minute threat of death goes away. So, like, I'm not in favor of letting us run over Grandmasters or Raids as fast as we run over 750 Strikes. What I'm in favor of is layers of difficulty that must be maintained so there's always a threat of death, there's always an intensity. If you make a mistake, you know, you're gonna, you're either gonna pay the price or be able to make it up. Like, this is why I want to remove the timer, like, opportunity to clutch, you know? Um, so, I don't, that's why I said, I don't think they've ever truly nailed the end game difficulty. They've gotten some of the right principles, but they've never really landed the plane. That's why I said, take Oryx and add Contest Modifier, and man, you're real close. You are really, really close to something that maintains a difficulty. Also, keep in mind, 
you, you, there's it's never an indictment of endgame content because you get good at it right the people that have gotten really really good at Sekiro that's not an indictment of how hard Sekiro is well hey look at this guy this guy's beating people like it's nothing he, he, well yeah he got to that point he finessed it you know somebody playing a beautiful piece of music on piano doesn't suddenly mean that playing the piano isn't incredibly difficult they got to a point where that became easy for them because of all the work they put in so getting better at encounters and raids and, and fights and stuff in Destiny is never an indictment of how hard it is. I mean, there are people that have played Dark Souls and Sekiro in the most convoluted, silly, challenging ways, and they just wiped the floor with the game. Why? They worked at it. They finessed it. They studied the mechanics. They studied all the pain points, and they they just constantly keep those plates spun, you know? And I think, I think... Destiny can get there, but they need to focus more on increasing combat layers and mechanics than just like, oh man, yeah, just everything's really strong. So it's like they've, they've, I think they've got some of the right pieces. They just need to bring them together. I don't think they brought together all the pieces and all the things that they have uh, to create um, the best, the best, the best endgame content hasn't arrived yet. I don't think they've gotten close. Dungeons are really good, and some of the raids have been really good. But I'm telling you, all of the content right now that we like—if you really like Garden, Last Wish, and the dungeons—we have two great dungeons. Actually, we have three great dungeons, and I think Last Wish and Garden are great raids. Okay, the minute those all those pieces of content, the minute Threat of Death is gone, something changes. A, a, a boredom sets in a ritual sort of ah we're just going through the motions sort of settles in on you if threat of death was still there I think a lot of that content would still be it would it would have a semblance and a sense of threat and challenge and it doesn't have that anymore so mm, it, this then looping back to the original thing I was talking about scaling down um with scaling down in regards to raids and um how how do you feel about that because for me i don't feel ever scaled down in raids i don't feel ever scaled down in any of their content minus grandmaster that's the only issue i ever have with you know as you say you know feeling like they're just taking away things from me is from you know the top end nightfall strikes do you feel like you're being held back in raids or like because that's still end game content and even then, if you're talking about, you know, scaling down, they do it a lot. I don't I don't see it happening a lot at all. And only, I only see, I'm sorry. I only see it in those circumstances. I only see it in two circumstances. I don't see it happening in any part of the game other than that. It only happens in raids if you're going for day one because they limit your time for leveling. So that's almost just like a mathematical problem. Like, I didn't have enough time or the right RNG drops. So... I'm going to have a harder time when we get to encounter three, you know, my survivability is going to go down. My damage output's going to go down. Like raids do not maintain any sense of challenge or difficulty with respect to survivability. Unless you're like I said, unless you're just a brainless player, and you just stand there and let the enemies shoot you virtually every raid. You know, Wrath was good because everything was really, really close to you. So, I mean, it really punished the lead-footed people. Like, you couldn't, you could not stand still on Wrath because everything was right on top of you. And I love that about it. It was like a battle from beginning to end, you know, constantly Mm -hmm. having to shuffle your feet and and be ahead. That's why people wanted to get explosive rounds for, you know, popping the shanks. It made it it go quicker. They would all blow up. That threat of the exploder shanks became more manageable when you had the right weapon with the right perk. And, 
this is a reason that I have been banging on that contest modifier drum. You have to remember, I'm the anti-Delta guy. I think just adding a Delta and adding zeros to the health bar of the enemy and taking away my strength, I think is a boring way to create uh, difficulty. But I, So I'm that guy. I'm very much, you know, just put a bird on it. Put a bird on it. You know, slap a Delta on it. But I think contest is just in a sweet spot. It's, it's just enough to maintain endgame threat and with, without without going too far so no I don't think in raids I've ever felt like I mean look what happened with Garden we were playing at day one and we got to the final boss it was late we I had people that had to work the next day I was tired I've kind of lost my gumption to do the 24 hour victory it's like man I got kids and wife I'm going to bed right so we come in the next day contest modifiers turned off and it was like this is a joke it was a joke. It was. It didn't. It didn't feel like the same raid. Yeah. When contest yeah. was on, I was shuffling my feet when I was protecting my little area. You know, I was making sure to preemptively knock their shields off, and I'd get into cover, and I'd step back out after reloading. Like I would actually go into cover to reload. You know, something I don't do when contest modifiers turned off. It's like you're not. You are not going to kill me. You know. So, I. I don't want to. I don't want to belabor that point. But man, oh man, we went in the next day, and I was like, this doesn't even feel like the same raid because after 24 hours, they turned it off because the team had beat it. So, um, it's cheap and it ruins the fun of the game. Says Darksider. I don't agree with you. I think it can land on mechanical pain and survivability in a good way, Darksider. I'm not saying it's the only thing they do, by the way. As long as you don't slap on 50 modifiers like Grandmaster does, I don't think it's that much of an issue. I think combining those two is a bad mm-hmm. thing to do. Yeah, it, contest modifier is a really, really good hot sauce. It's a really good hot sauce. And if you put it into a, a chili that has way too many spices in it, it just is making it worse. It's making it way too hot. Like, that's what Grandmaster Nightfall is. A Grandmaster Nightfall is a chili that's already super insanely hot, and you're adding hot sauce to it with this grand with, with Contest. Contest modifier is a hot sauce that if you put it in the right dish in the right way, ooh, just when my wife makes this lo mein, she gets the right blend of the, of the soy sauce and the sriracha, and it's perfect. Okay, and I can tell when there's not enough sriracha. Now, if she took sriracha and started dumping it into some chili that was already hot, I'd be like, "Yikes, babe! Why'd you do this? It's too hot! I can't even eat it! I can't! I cannot enjoy it! It's it's overriding all the flavors of the chili." That's what contest modifier is doing in Grandmaster Nightfall. It's it's like it's just you're adding you're adding sriracha to an already crazy spicy bowl of chili, and so that there's your food analogy. So the right the right amount of hot sauce and the right recipe can be like exactly boom on the money perfect. That's why I said put contest modifier in hard mode, you know, King's Fall or hard mode Wrath and I think you're really close to the right blend. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. Um it's it just to me when the, we were talking about the discussion the scaling down was he was starting at low end content and that was the issue that I had because I don't feel like I'm being scaled down in any of their content minus anything that is slapping on all of these modifiers yeah exactly so uh who is there anybody oh rexus poor rexus all right i'm gonna move on good 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 back and forth today dude thanks for calling in i do want to take a second before we go to rexus and read what doge says he says contest is really good on nightfall when it's a 15 delta 25 is higher than the raid contest modifier while being part of the nightfall difficulty Right, when you stretch it that far, like I'm telling you, 
it's a good hot sauce and you're throwing it into something that, that, that it's like like it's like it you know when they do that in the cartoons they're like whoop and they add like a teeny little bit of hot sauce and it blows up in the cartoon's face like that's what i feel like is happening it's just like it's it's too much you know and if you make something too spicy it overrides all the other flavors. Oh, you got a little bit of garlic in there. Yeah, you got a little bit of ooh, some you know, some salt and pepper, some basil. Ooh, it's gonna taste so good. And you dump all these spices and hot sauce in there. It's gonna override all those other flavors. And you're like, this doesn't even taste like a chili dish. It just tastes like that particular hot sauce. That's what nightfalls start to feel like. It's like all the flavors gone. All the all the all the ingredients are getting overridden here by one particular thing, which is survival pain. You know, so good, good talk, good back and forth. Hopefully, Rexus is still around. That was a that was a really really long time. If you're there, Rexus, go ahead. By the nine circles, I need a different name. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, kind of bad on bad planning on my end because I was hoping I'd get on a little earlier, as I have to go soon. So I'll just I still have one topic in my head that I want to discuss at some point, but. I don't think I have the time today. <laughs> okay, okay. So I'll just go and I would like to make a point. I need to get that out of my system. Okay. Uh, people calling Destiny pay to win. I've, I've got a friend who is really not happy about, yeah, I'm, I'm free to play. I have to go to Crucible. But when I go to Crucible, I get uh, demolished by guns I cannot get. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, but Destiny... Destiny having a free-to-play entrance doesn't mean it is fully meant as a free-to-play game. Right. We have the every game makes its money in a different way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every game does that, and Destiny just has the DLC model. If you don't buy the DLC, you don't get access to all of the new gear. Mm-hmm. It's that that has nothing to do with pay to win. That is just the model we have. Either right. you get take yeah. the season pass and get access to all of the weapons, or you don't because you're not really interested and you don't. But that's how the game is meant to be monetized. We still have the Eververse for monetization in between to get that little buffer, but it's not pay to win. Having a DLC model is not pay to win. In World of Warcraft, you cannot do the new stuff if you don't own the new, if you don't know the new expansion. It's that's just a system that has nothing to do with. Well, and yeah, essentially what we we talked about this before Q and A, so it's not going to be in a recording. So I can kind of make some of these points now, and it will be in a recording. So what I essentially said was. If you are okay with Bungie selling a DLC or season pass that costs, you know, anywhere from 10 to $30, and inside that DLC or season pass are weapons, if you're okay with that, then you cannot accuse the season pass itself with, like, the getting the argument that was made today was well you can get the the catalyst earlier and that makes the weapon better and that's pay to win because you own the season pass i'm like okay hang on pump the brakes just a second me owning the season pass gives me more than the catalyst sooner it literally gives me weapons that you cannot get if you're if you haven't bought the season pass like you can't get them so when you bought the season of the drifter and could get the spare rations if you didn't own season of the drifter you couldn't get the spare rations so if you bought 
Forsaken, but you didn't buy Season of the Drifter, you could potentially go into a PvP environment, face somebody who has a really, really good hand cannon that you cannot get without owning Season of the Drifter, okay? If you call that pay to win, unfortunately, that's just an intellectually bankrupt argument. These are how games expand their experiences. You can't call a DLC or a season pay to win. You simply can't. The definition of pay to win is when they are selling a particular item in their micro store that is the best. It's a two-tapping hand cannon. And the only way for you to get that two-tapping hand cannon is to buy it from the Eververse store. What they're doing is, is they're selling power. They're selling power. Selling expansions or seasons that have within them items that may be better or worse than other items is not pay to win. When it's a one-to-one transaction of, I am buying power, this will make me stronger in the Crucible, and I will now go kill people faster than they can kill me, that is pay to win. That is simply not present in Destiny. So if you're okay with me buying season, season of Arrivals and getting guns that you cannot get, but you're but you're upset about the fact that oh i can get a catalyst earlier on the season pass that's an intellectually inconsistent argument you're okay with actual items and weapons being behind the paywall of the season pass but you're upset about the fact that the you know i can get the catalyst earlier and listen i've said this many many times and i, I want to say it with as much love and respect as i can muster if you're paying zero dollars i don't really freaking care what you think because that's the game's not about you anymore we're five to six years into the franchise and if you're going to jump into pvp and pay zero dollars and you want to whine and cry about the fact that like but the paying people get the cool stuff or the better stuff or they get the new guns i yeah so that's the way that it works it's a live service game that's how it gets how it goes you know that how are they how are they supposed to, as as rex has said that's how they monetize how are they supposed to make money if you're a free-to-play player five years into the franchise i do not care if you feel like i got an advantage because i spent 10 bucks on the season pass i don't it doesn't matter to me your input is your input is largely not helpful or meaningful because you're not even a paying consumer. So no, I'm not calling you out, Xlandro. We had other people in earlier that were actually taking up different positions than you about you know pay to win and everything else. Yeah, and the other thing is the uh, argument regarding the uh, ornaments that give you either a bet- better weapon scope because you it is uh, you have a better view of things as the uh, current pulse rifle has. Or things like uh, the chaperone or uh, other ornaments that gave you a longer barrel and increased your range. It it does affect. I want before you uh, th- uh, before you cry in. Let me finish fully. <laughs> uh, okay. It does affect your games. It can affect them. That's a fact. It will affect some of your games. Some of your plays will be affected by this range but it will be in the below one percent margin and you will not notice you will only notice when it happens and then you say well scrap that uh, that was just because of that and then you play about a hundred more games and it never comes up again until you hit that margin again it's it's yes it is something that changes it but first of all it wasn't intentional and secondly it changes it so it it might change it by about a meter and that can make its difference but 
it will not happen often enough to be mm -hmm. for it to be a great enough issue to say yeah that's pay to win mm -hmm. well i i want to say this too like i think as a principle bungie needs to address that like no no ornaments on guns should make any any change at all and i even though it is super inconsequential but the other thing i want to say is with our current tick rate and the number of times you trade with people I would say it's even less than 1%. I mean, the odds of you being in a fight and being able to accurately know, I won that fight because this half of meter of range that I got from this this ornament, it's, it, it's so unlikely. Usually when a gunfight is that close, you're just going to trade. You're just going to trade. So, like, I, I, would, I would just continue to say that if, if that's where people have to go, if you got to run to... The oh, you get the catalyst early on the season pass, or if you have to run to ornaments that add half a meter of range or something, right? If that's where you have to go to claim pay to win, that just seems really, really desperate. It's like this just doesn't feel like a well articulated premise to premise, then reasons to conclusion argument. It's like the premises just feel all wrong and the the argumentation to get to the conclusion also just feels strained it's like eh, this doesn't feel this doesn't feel like a good argument of all the ever of all the micro stores that are out there i got to say destiny's is one of the best they literally tell you what is silver only ahead of time they give you opportunities to earn bright dust to buy whatever you want virtually every time i see something available for bright dust i have the bright dust for it if i want to get it and I just, I think this is, uh, this, this feels like a forced, forced argument and not one that's arising from a true problem in the game. You only say that because you have never seen the in-game shop of Guild Wars 2. Is that a good micro store? I mean, I, I'm just it's, saying this is one of the best. Of, I didn't say the yeah, best. This I, is one of the best. I, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm strong before the Guild Wars one thing. It's. It's a. To it's a. It's a pretty different system. So I don't say implement that everywhere. No, no. no. I'm just saying they implemented it well. Uh, you can basically earn the currency you need to. Yes, of course, Necro. Uh, the currency you need. Uh, the basically the uh, real world currency. You can also get, um, buy with in-game money, so there is an exchange there, which always kind of goes up and down. And if you're if you're big into the trading stuff, you can even do play that game and have uh, your fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other thing is, every two years we get an expansion, which costs about thirty to forty bucks. A full expansion with uh, countless maps and in between those expansions every two or three months we get another small story bit which is about the size of uh, of a destiny 2 story uh, for, of a destiny 2 um, season it's it's a lot but it's on a different scale than destiny i won't compare it in and say and say like yeah destiny is lazy or something no 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 it's it's a different scale it's a different system it's yeah everything about it is different so there's no need to compare it like you're just getting to a dead end uh yeah. but as i said you can but you can buy this stuff uh with a uh, gold that you earn by playing 
or you can say, you know what, uh, we're getting those free story expansions every two or three months, you know, with with voice acting and everything. Uh, you know what? Often you, new mechanics. You know what? Sure, I'll 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 buy something for twenty bucks. So you get like I don't know. You get a you get a new skin for your mount or a new skin for your gloves or a new full armor set. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's go ahead. Done pretty nice. It's done really nicely. And you yeah. don't have this. You don't have this infuriating exchange rate of if you buy the currency in bulk, you get more. No, you just get a flat amount. Right. You can buy more at once, but if I get a, if I get uh, a thousand gems by by uh, spending ten bucks, if I spend a hundred bucks, I get ten thousand, and not like twelve, uh, ten thousand and five hundred or something. Right, they're not trying to nudge more dollars out of your wallet by being like, you get a couple more if you go up. You know, I I, I definitely yeah. see that. So, okay. I um I I don't <clears throat> I I think there's always room to improve. I think Bungie has been very uh, open and receptive to our criticisms about Eververse with respect to Bright Dust earn rate. With respect to they made it a little bit easier for solo players to get Bright Dust. They make Bright Dust a, a central tenant of us uh, whenever there's an event going on, like the Dawning. Uh, that way you can get those items if you want, or if not, you just it's just extra Bright Dust in your pocket. Uh, they also they let us know the the very very small amount that will be silver only you know 80% of the store is is bright dust and uh, that does mean you have to make some hard decisions you're like well I you know I used all my bright dust because you know I, I did that the other day I literally bought this uh, sparrow with my bright dust the galvanic fork because I just thought it was too cool to, to pass up and uh, you know I, that was a choice I made and there was a couple of things I didn't get because I didn't feel they were worth it in you know I go over here to bright dust and I did not get the dubious correlation emote because I thought emotes are not as expressive you don't see them as often uh, and I made sure to buy golden pride sparrow uh, and then I always buy the shaders. So like I, I, I don't know. I think we're we're in it. We're in a. We've come a really, really long way on Eververse. People don't even remember there was there used to be RNG in the Eververse. There was no direct line of purchase to anything. If you wanted one particular item, you couldn't just buy it. All of that has been removed. They've really, really, I think, met us in the middle, and compromised, uh, and and made a lot of improvements um, with with Eververse. So I am very happy with it. And we're we're an hour. We're over an hour in, so I'm going to go ahead and end it there, Rexus. I always love when you call in, dude. Thanks for calling in. I wanted to end it anyway. <laughs> okay, perfect, perfect. I have to go now myself. All right, well, enjoy I'll the rest of your day. Have a nice evening, and in character, I will see you down below. Okay. <laughs> All right, so if you guys like the VIP call-in sessions, be sure to leave... Uh, good feedback and comments for all the great people that call in. If you want to take place in the call-ins, you can go to sntrpresents.com, pick the VIP patron on Patreon, and then get in the Discord. You can do the same thing on YouTube. Go to saynotorage.com. That brings you to my YouTube. You can click the Join button. When you click that Join button, pick the VIP, and then get into the Discord. If you're here now live, you can do the same thing. But for free, the best way to support me is to click subscribe on the YouTube, then the bell button, as well as the like button on this video. If you're listening to this in all the other locations where this hits as a podcast i appreciate you listening please like share and subscribe